What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast. It's episode 105, uh, and it's, it's D-Guts Unmasked. It's my first video podcast ever. Um, Chief Bob wanted to do kind of like an internet or a interview format with me, just asking me questions about uh, like who I am, what I did in my naval career, why I'm doing the podcast, stuff like that. Um, some of it's the stuff that I kind of held close to the vest while I was on active duty still. I'm not clearly happily retired with a, I'm on my way to a pretty sweet beard. Um, looking forward to getting it all Viking. Like it, when I was sick, it was like all the way down here. Um, not when the beard was sick. Like when I was literally sick, I was able to grow it out for like five months. Um, but yeah, so I, th- this was super fun. Uh, I'm excited to finally start doing this kind of stuff uh, to, to put the content out in a video format. So it's more easily shareable. Um, get it out there just on other platforms and just do some of the other things that I've been talking about doing forever. Um, I'm finally ready to start expanding in that way. So in lieu of ever having a sponsor, I've basically created my own. If you want to support us, go to dgutsapparel.com. Don't give up the ship apparel. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Dguts Apparel. Uh, it's Naval Pride and Heritage Gear you'll actually wear in public. I went out of my way to create some really awesome stuff that I think you'll really enjoy. And it's some stuff that I think you'll actually wear. Uh, I hate all the stuff in the Navy Exchange section. I hate a lot of the stuff I see on social media where some somebody's side hustle is creating like nauseating gear that no one actually wants except for like crusty old retirees, which I'm about to be. So I don't know if I should uh, talk smack, but anyway, uh, go check it out. Dguts If you want to support us, that's the best way to do it. And I would really appreciate it. I uh, really hope you guys all enjoy this and uh, check it out. Anyway, let's do the damn thing. Let's do Sir. it. You're, it's your lead. I'm just, I, I'm just here. I'm just, I'm the guest. <laughs> I don't got to be I'm just the guest today. Well, uh, (laughs) it seems kind of funny because you've talked, you talked vaguely, uh, throughout the, the episodes that you've done about your background and where you've been and and all that jazz, right? You've talked loosely enough about all of it. Um, that I don't know how many things there are to, to pick up, but I mean, um, as a consolidated source, I guess my thought would be, uh, the same thing that you tell everybody, everybody. Else. Just start with whatever you want to talk about. Where, yeah, I'll, I'll, talk, been at, I'll talk about everything now. Um, yeah. cause yeah, it's like if you weren't going through like CSIing your way through seven years of podcasts, you might not have picked it all up either. So, um, so yeah, uh, I'll leave my name out of it still. And it's not cause I really care that much. It's just cause I kind of like the idea of like, um, I like the idea of it not being about me. And while it's mostly symbolic nowadays, it's like, it's still, I don't know. It feels better this way, but, um, so yeah, I was in the Navy for 21 years. I retired on the 30th of September. Hallelujah. It's been amazing. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten emotional and sad yet. Like I thought I would, I've, I'd spend all just like walking on sunshine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 21 years, I joined the Navy out of Michigan. That's where I grew up. Um, I was in college at the time at Michigan state. And uh, 9-11 happened. So I was already, my brother was in the Navy already. Uh, he was on the Theodore Roosevelt back in the day. And uh, I, so I was already looking at it. I went to his boot camp graduation when I was like 16. And I like really, it really resonated with me. And I was like, this is so cool. I want to do this. Um, <laughs> but then I still like was pursuing graphic design in college because I used to be into graphic design, web design. And so I was like, that was kind of what I thought I was going to do. Right. Um 
So I went to college, immediately hated it. It's just not like, it's not my scene. It's not like back then I was living on campus in the dorms and it was like freshman year kind of stuff. And so like, it was just not my scene at all. Um, and I hated it. So I was already looking for a way you're out. Supposed to, that's the time yeah, you're supposed dude, to like it, college. Um, I know. I, I wasn't that guy. I didn't start drinking until I was 21 in the Navy. Um, Same. Even like the first Westpac I did, I was scared to get in trouble. So I just didn't drink. Like I was that guy. I'm a rule follower um, to an extent. <laughs> but like when I was a kid, I was afraid to like screw up and disappoint my parents and all that kind of stuff. So I just mm-hmm. never did any of that stuff. Um, but let's see. What was I? Where where did I leave off? Uh, I joined. Oh, so. 9-11 happens. I was already kind of looking at the Navy um, and considering leaving college to join the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 9-11 happened. And that was like it pushed me over the edge. And so I, I was I dropped out of college like the next day um, and was in a recruiter's office. And so uh, I actually joined the Navy as a corpsman, which is weird. And a lot of people don't know that um, I wanted to come in as a corpsman and do like FMS stuff. And then mm-hmm. I told myself, like every, you know, like, like every uh, young man that joins the military, I thought to myself, I was a little more cautious about it because my dad's a Vietnam vet and uh, mm-hmm. all my uncles were Marines in Vietnam. Uh, I had an uncle that was a UDT guy. Um, so it was like, and my, like my uncle Brian was like, um, he had a lot of issues after being in the Marine Corps in Vietnam with like PTSD right. and like undiagnosed and like right. died of a, of effectively like a drug habit when he was in his forties. Um, but like I heard stories from my parents about all this stuff and from my dad. And so like, mm-hmm. I knew enough to know that like, if I went into some type of like trigger puller career field that it like could have an effect. Um, oh yeah. And so I was a little cautious, more cautious about it probably than, a lot of just like, you know, 18 year olds full of piss and vinegar. But um, I joined as a corpsman to do FMF stuff. And I was like, if I do the FMF stuff and I and I can succeed in that and I, I like it and I feel good about it and nothing crazy mm-hmm. happens that turns me off, then I I, ha- I was interested in being a SEAL, um, you know, like every single dude that joins the Navy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Clearly that didn't happen. So um, when I was in boot camp, so I had a marijuana waiver because I smoked a few times in college with my brother and um, at the restaurant I grew up working at. So I, I told him, I'm like, you know, Hey, I did this two times mm-hmm. and I said it consistently the same the whole time. And they just screwed up, mm-hmm. my, up my paperwork. And so when I'm at boot camp and I'm getting processed, uh, there, it says alcohol abuse on my record. And so at the moment of truth, they're like, does anybody have anything they want to tell us? And I'm the <laughs> idiot that got up with my record and was like, Hey, like, I just want to make sure, um, My dog's barking because my wife's friend is here. Um, I just want to make sure that this isn't what I like. I don't I, I've never drank alcohol in my life. Like, I don't want right. this on my record if I'm going to make it a career. And they're like, they so they open it up because it was like on the outside jacket. And so they open it up. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, no, it's good in here. Here's the drug waiver, whatever. And they're like, well, how many times did you use marijuana? And I said two times, just like I said every other time yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like that's not what this says recruit and start like lighting me on fire um so then they made me reclassify because you can't have two drug waivers and be a corpsman because you handle narcotics and whatever 
So um, I had to reclassify in bootcamp where I had access to the, the one paragraph summary of a, of a rating in your Blue Jackets <laughs> yeah. manual. And that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. so they sent me to a classifier once and, and I had a high ASVAB score. So they were trying to talk me into like IS and um, like a bunch of CT stuff because I like computers because the kids like what mm-hmm. you like. And I was like computers. So he he's like, yeah, we'll give you a bonus for this and this and you can do all these other things. And I was like, I don't know that I would like that. And I was I'm a, I'm a researcher. Like if I don't, right. If you don't let me like figure out exactly what this is, like I'm not going to gamble that the next four years of my life are going to suck. So naturally I chose the only career field that I had ever had any experience with. Cause I've been cooking professionally since I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's all I knew. And I was seriously considering culinary school before I joined the Navy. Um, so yeah, so that's I ended up as a CS, and I wasn't rated as a submariner out of boot camp either. I got to A school, um, and I mean it was the Wild West back then. But like I went to A school, and it was in Texas at a Lackland Air Force Base, and so I went there. Uh-huh. I showed up, and after the MS two at the time was look, he looked at my record, looked at my ASVAB score, and it, first thing he says to me, he looks at me, he goes, "What the hell are you doing here?" And I was like, what do you mean with that? I, I have orders here. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. He goes, you have a, I think it was an 86. He's like, you have an yeah, 86 yeah. ASVAB score. What are you doing here? And I'm like, <laughs> this is, I have orders, petty officer. And then uh, a couple weeks later, so this dude, he's kind of like a, I mean, for dorks like me, he's like kind of like a legend in the submarine CS community. His name's Chris Nalon. Um, mm-hmm. Long, he's been retired for probably six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was a master chief uh, at the time. He was a chief. He's a pretty young chief. And he was like the guy running the A school um, and he was a submariner. So he, for whatever reason, like he had a green light because I tried to do it when I was at the A school as SEL and they wouldn't let me do it. But for some reason back then, he was able to recruit people because they needed people for submarines. So it was like when they do project stuff, he just walked in the right. classroom, and said, hey, anybody interested in submarines? You get more money. And I was like, oh, pick me. And it sounded cool. I like money. I was, I, well, I was bummed that I wasn't going to get to do like cool stuff with like FMF Corman. Like I was like that. Mm-hmm. I joined the Navy. I joined the military to do something really cool and then get right. out, probably take advantage of the benefits and go do like a real life job. But I wanted to like experience doing cool guy stuff. And yeah, yeah. Um, in my mind, I'm like, I panicked and chose this rate because it was comfortable and I knew what it was and I knew I was good at it. Um, but I'm like, this isn't what I wanted to do. So then I was like, well, submarine sounds cool. So uh, I picked that. And then that's how I ended up on submarines. Um, and then, you know, the rest is history. So I I left there and I joined in January 2002, uh, you know, pipeline and all that. I got to my first boat, the Louisville, which was in Pearl Harbor in I think it was August 2002. And then my first Westpac was nine months long, shot missiles at Iraq. Good times. Uh, we nice. basically finished yeah. the Westpac and then uh, they pulled us into Guam and there's tomahawks all over the pier. We're like, what are these for? <laughs> and <then> like, <laughs> and like, I didn't even have my fish yet. We're just like, what's going on up here? And then they're like, hey, guess what? We're invading Iraq and you guys are going to go shoot missiles. You're going to go kill bad guys. And all break right. Things. So that was a nine and a half month Westpac. It was sweet. And uh, it we sounds might've... terrible to do that right off the bat, but mm-hmm. uh we tell every student the same thing. Like all yeah. you want to do when you get to your boat is if you, if it, if it's possible, you want to check into your boat like three days before you leave for a full deployment. Yeah. Yeah. 
like you just want to be underway because it's the life is so much better underway but yeah that's when you get a chance to learn everything you get to actually do your job you get to do all these things that are like your job and not right a bunch of extra nonsense that we deal with in port and during upkeep and maintenance and avails and all other jazz so that's awesome yeah it was cool but not cool um because well when you're not used to it when you yeah. When you've never done that and all of a sudden you disappear for nine and a half months, you're like, I didn't. All right. The deployment part was whatever. Like the, uh, I mean, I'm sure at the time I wouldn't have said that, but it was, I was a dude that, um, like I, I'm a rule follower and like a people pleaser. At least I was. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like I've probably largely grown out of that, but that was kind of in my, it's in my wiring. Right. So I, I, when I got to the boat, I was trying to like overperform and, and overachieve and, be ahead and do all the things that I always do. And I had this like bipolar MS one that was just, he was just so angry to be on a submarine and to not be a chief because <laughs> he just wasn't making chief. And then, mm-hmm. um, and his wife, uh, like his family, he's from Puerto Rico. And like, I think his family just never left. So like he was always geo batching. He was in the barracks. He was just miserable. Rough. Um, not a bad dude, but like really, yeah. really garbage experience for a first uh, lead or whatever. Right. And uh, so he turned like I was already the like I was the best cook on board when I showed up because I had a bunch of professional experience. Like I had training they didn't have an experience they didn't have and like years of it when I showed up. So like right. I was already the best cook. I just had to learn how to do the submarine part, which I picked up pretty quick. Um, like the cook, the cook submarine part. Um, then I was so then I'm like, OK, I got this. I got my hands around this. So I was like, I really wanted to get my fish. Um, and so I was like constantly, hey, the galley's clean. Lunch is done. Can I go get a checkout? And he'd like, I mean, a month into that Westpac just snaps on me one day. And it's just like, you're here to be a cook, not to get your fish and blah, blah, blah. Like just expletive filled like uh, tirade. And so at me at the time, I'm like, like I can't. And I was a hot. I was like a nine week, nine weeks ahead, a hot runner. For that right, whole time, right. blah, blah, blah. And he's screaming at me, telling me I suck and I need to get better in the galley. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I'm the best cook here. And I, I know that for a fact. So I'm just like, what are you screaming at me for? So to be fair, after, that's what every three. <laughs> I know. But <laughs> after that, I basically shut down and he didn't care until I went dink. And then he screamed at me again. And so then when I went dink, I was just like, F it. And I like, I just stopped. I didn't even try. Um, so we got done with that Westpac and we were in SRA. And so I'm like at this, at, by the time that happened, I'm like 12 plus months. And I, my card was like 90% done. And I was at like walkthroughs and I just was like refusing to do it. And my mm-hmm. cop called me in the office and was like, what's going on, man? Cause I'm like a good worker and like, I cook really good food and I do everything else. Right. He goes, I know you don't want to fail. And I, I threw my crawl card at him and said, I don't give a, like kick me off the boat i'm done like this is stupid and uh then i had a couple of jos basically just decide to drag me kicking and screaming through the last part of the qual process and like they got they made a bunch of enemies with like a gang and all these other people because they did all my walkthroughs because they were off the deck and sdo qual right so they dragged me kicking and screaming and then i i smoked my board i knew everything like i wasn't dumb and i had studied um, and I was like the dude that I thought I had to be like a subject matter expert before I got a checkout. So I always knew way more right. than I needed to. Right. Um, so yeah, I murdered my board, but it took me like 13 months. Um, it was not fun. My first boat sucked. 
uh not completely but like like the last few years no pretty, but that's brutal fun but yeah it was it was pretty terrible um that's kind of surprising i caught a good chief have, at the end i wouldn't but, have guessed uh, Dude, I was I, nobody would have guessed. I was I was what one might call a shite bag um, <laughs> for, for the like probably as soon as I mean, when I was like a salty third class and then I, I ended up getting capped a second because I I aced the test and I still didn't advance because they were star reenlisting uh, people and giving them CS2 at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and none of those geniuses could promote off the exam. So. Uh, it was like impossible for a normal CS to make CS2. It was, it was gross. And so I got capped a second, um, but I was still like just angry and bitter and I hated everything. And then when I trans, I had a really negative experience with just a bad cob uh, the last like year I was there. Um, mm-hmm. And he like, I, I had never missed anything, never been late to anything, done a good job, blah, blah, blah. And then that last week I was supposed to be, I, I was like checked out of the boat except for like the CEO interview or something. Mm-hmm. And they were getting underway for a few weeks. And then I was just going to like finish. I was going to stay behind, get all my household goods shipped, get everything done. Right, right. Uh, and then check out transfer when they got back, like the day the boat got back. And I, they gave me duty the day, the day the boat was leaving. And I'm like checked out with the security manager. I'm like, I can't even be on the boat, dude. Like I can't, like I shouldn't be here. And so, um, I took the duty. And so I stood, uh, we were doing like the, you stand all day and then they let you go home, but you got to come back for breakfast. And so that didn't right. happen. The only time I was ever late for a breakfast ever. And the cop basically said, pack a bag, you're coming underway for that two weeks so i just got <laughs> screwed on my way out the door which you know i mean i was late i get it but anyway so i mean it screwed everything up i couldn't sell my car i got s- screwed out of thousands of dollars on that and then uh household goods showed up super late i was like sleeping on the floor in my studio apartment in connecticut when i transferred for like weeks because none of my stuff was there it was super awesome um yeah, shore duty in Connecticut. I was at the base galley uh, in Groton. And uh, yeah. that was where I like same thing. I showed up there first like six months. I just was uninterested. I got uh, I was started going to Johnson Wales and it's like I was there to get my culinary degree and get out of the Navy. So like I just didn't want mm-hmm. anything to do with anybody. And then I got this chief that read me like a book and was like, if I put this kid in charge of people, he will have to square himself away because he's <laughs> the type of dude that uh like for if it's when it's just me i don't care but it's like when when they are my responsibility yeah yeah they're depending on me not to suck now i need to not suck so um yeah he put me in charge of a watch section when we had a whole a school class show up so it was a bunch of babies and right and then by the end of my three-year shore duty i was the number three ep first class on the base and so it was just now i'm now i'm super sailor you know and so then that's when at my chief brought me yeah my chief brought me a message for the jimmy carter uh soliciting for a hot running cs1 he goes dude you're this is your this is your gig he's like this is uh something you'd be great for so i was like all right whatever so i applied for it and they came and interviewed me and blah 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 and i got selected for that and so i went to the carter as a cs1 um and then I was there for probably eight months and then I made chief maybe a year. Um, it's probably like a year. Uh, and then I made chief and the chief that was there, uh, he had just got like a letter of instruction for not doing a great job. And so they basically 
booted him and kept me, um, which to be a, to do your first chiefs tour on that boat, uh, especially like being a CS, it's like, there's a bunch of other jobs, obviously, because it's a special boat where it's like the pinnacle of both stress and prestige of doing your job. But like, on Carter, it's like it's the largest submarine crew in the Navy, and that includes GNs when there's SEALs on board. And it's like because when we leave, we have a bunch of people with us too. Um, well, the, it's the largest crew, but they're not. It's when they're I'm not saying, all ships company, right? Exactly. Like when we're you're out talking operating, as far as I, mouths to feed. Yeah, I have the most mouths to feed in the whole Navy ever. I got gotcha. you. And then it's like the endurance is weird because you don't port mm-hmm. anywhere ever unless something goes wrong, and then you don't. Uh, you can't replenish because of where you're operating and how you're operating. So it's like, I have to bring everything I need. <laughs> like, and so it's like, it gets really interesting. Um, so I became like a dork about like statistics and spreadsheets and historical data and all that. Crap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty got that thing. Pretty grease lightning um, for loadout and stuff. But, yeah, that was I uh, qualified chief watching duty chief there. They wouldn't let me stand dive, which sucked. Um, kind of, it was kind of terrifying. Um, I was gonna <laughs> say, so I'd be. A I, did, I wanted there. to. I wanted to qualify because I knew I needed to qualify to make senior chief, and they just wouldn't let me. Um, and then I left there, went to the A school. Uh, so I went. That was in Fort Lee, Virginia. So I was an A school instructor as a chief, and then I made senior chief about eight months before I left. I was the SEL the last year I was there, so I was SEL as a chief. I was an NMTI while I was there too. That was pro- that was the first job I did. I showed up to the schoolhouse, qualified as an instructor, and then they booted me over to the barracks because I'm too vocal and they didn't like that I was telling them everything <laughs> was broken. So they punted me to the barracks and I just like embraced that. And that was really fun. I really enjoyed being an NMTI. Um, and then we got You're a new like SEL. A dad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I really enjoyed it for a lot of reasons. And part of it was the program was like, basically non-existent and definitely wasn't being implemented correctly. And I had a right. FC uh, show up that had been an NMPI prior at Corey station. Uh, so he showed mm-hmm. up and he knew exactly what it was supposed to look like when it's taken seriously. And so between him and I, we like put our heads together and like wrote an instruction and did all this like created programs, right, created right, right. all these things. So it was super fun. Um, and I enjoy like the, marching and cadence and PT and all that hoo yeah stuff. It was pretty it was a good time when it's <laughs> kids that are brand new to the Navy and are still full of hoo yeah. Um, right. So yeah, and then I went back to the schoolhouse when we got a new SEL. He wanted me as the leading chief at the schoolhouse because he he recognized that like, no, this isn't the guy you banished to the barracks. This is the guy you make run the schoolhouse. It's like, oh you want to fix it? Okay, fix it. You're the LCPO now. Go. Right. Um, so I did that for about a year and then the last year I was there and I was like pushing classes. And then the last year, um, they made me the SEL cause that master chief had a bunch of medical issues and was about to retire. Um, and he kind of needed to go away and go do medical stuff. So he made me the SEL mm-hmm. and then it was kind of shady the way it went down. Cause he didn't talk to headquarters. He just kind of did it. He just made the decision and I was under the impression I had everybody's blessing. So I'm like right. on a phone con with the CMC and all these other people. He's like, where's the other guy? I'm like, Oh, uh, he's, I don't know, doing medical stuff. I was like, I'm the SEL now. And they're like, you are. And I was like, Oh, great. Like, all who right, are you cool. <laughs> go call. Well, they knew who I was, but they, yeah, like, yeah. what are you talking about? Um, so that was fun, but then I stayed, he convinced him to let me stay in the seat. And then, uh, that, that combined with going to the senior list academy, I think is what overcame the not being qualified dive thing. 
Um, and like I killed it. You know, I mean, I was a, I was at the A school. I was LCPO. I was an MTS. I was doing all this other crap, too. But unlike Bob, Bob is not an MTS kids. Um, <laughs> sip my tea. Um, and then <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, I made senior chief about eight months left. And then I left there and went to the Louisiana, which was a BN. That was my first school bus submarine. Um and that honestly, like in a weird way, that was that was probably my hardest tour. Um, like Carter was difficult in its own way because I was like learning how to be a chief um, and it's a projects boat and I was gone all the time. But it was like I didn't have my now wife. Uh, so I did, it was like all I came home to was a one bedroom apartment and Netflix. So being gone was right. like whatever to me. But then when I was on Louisiana, I was Ashley was living with me and then we got married so it was like uh, the first time I ever had to be separated from family. And so that made it way harder. And then standing dive made it way harder because on Carter, I was just the cook chief and I stood duty chief in port, but they didn't really let me in control, even though I was qualified chief of the watch. Uh, right. And like it, they weren't wrong because I didn't have any fleet returnees. I was undermanned. Like I, I needed to be around supervising, but like also I still needed to qualify. But anyway. Um, but so yeah, in Louisiana, yeah. it was like the first, the first, uh, patrol we did, I had an SMI. So I told him, I'm like, look, I'm not requalifying anything. Cause we have a lot of work to do and I need to get this. This is like a big deal. Cause I don't want my division told they're below standards. It affects my career. Like I wanted to make master chief and stuff. So I'm like, I need to do that. I need to do well here. Right. Um, so I refused to requalify until that patrol was over. And so we crushed our SMI. I did really well. And then I requalified and. So then it was like after that, that last like two and a half years, because it was I was only there three years. Um, it was I was never I like basically wasn't the cook chief. I was the department chief that occasionally dropped into a quarters or something. You know what I mean? Like I was right, right, right. Standing dive. I was assistant ships diving officer. I was a simio. I was a department chief. So I'm like at ops briefs and this, and they made me the battle stations drill guy. So I'm like inserting i'm like behind the the scp pulling fuses yeah, out yeah, like yeah. that's a good idea ever and like it was so stupid but they just kept like oh you can do things and like so they made me do things um none of which had anything to do with my job because in the eyes of 1120s i don't have a real job but so you louisiana what you're was saying is that's not a bad <laughs> career path <laughs> so it's the best rate in the navy so sounds familiar but, to me <laughs> So uh, just being good at things. So you yeah. do all the well, things and, that are not your actual job. Yeah. And my cob, my cob recognized that I had the aptitude to be a cob. And in my opinion, like in his, in his eyes, I think he really believed he was just developing me, but I, mm. he was taking advantage of me. Like I was doing 60% of his job a lot of the time. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm talking like monitoring PD trips, writing. I wrote his CMC package. I wrote his eval. I wrote his award. Like it was, it was inappropriate. Like it was, it, I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing, but I really do think, I don't think he was doing it like sitting there going, ah, I'm going to make him do all my work. Like, I think he thought that's right, how right. you prepare a guy to be a cop. Um, and it, I mean, I learned a lot. It definitely, I think it, it did prepare me more, but, uh, it made everything more difficult and I still have some regret about how like my juniors didn't get like as much of me or the best version of me that they, that they deserved. Mm -hmm. so, but it was kind of like, what do you do? You know, like, cause the second class I had, that's not, he's a first class on his way back to a boat here. Uh, and he'll probably be a chief in the next year or two. Um, mm -hmm. 
he was doing my job for me like most of the time and uh, you know he was a monster and he had the capacity but he also was standing cali watch captain and he was doing right. records so i mean he was he had a lot on his plate um and it was unfair but it was like i was in there arguing to get off the watch bill and they wouldn't let me and it was man, it was a shit show but um but yeah is that, so louisiana so is that when you first started your cob card like did you ever no I mess with it before that or so I started it on Jimmy Carter and then I think I left it there so I restarted it on shore duty at Fort Lee um mm-hmm. with that I was doing like just the CMC side of it with my CMC uh mm-hmm. and I mean I got a little bit done I was like 20 percent maybe and then on the boat I did the lion's share of it yeah in Louisiana I came to group nine probably 80 percent done um, mm-hmm. and that's what so I transferred from Louisiana to submarine group nine here which was my last my last job and I was doing SMI inspector stuff and you know, you're like the sort of TICOM guy in the area. But it, my main, my main thing was just doing SMIs on submarines, which is just an inspection for supply. Um, and uh, that was like, I mean, I got here eight months and I had cancer and then COVID was exploding at the same time. So it was like, I only did like the first eight, nine months of my shore duty, really. Like, and then I kind of got erased by that and COVID and then they were doing construction. And so I was teleworking and then, yeah, I basically <laughs> skated to my way out the door. But yeah, so I, and I've told the story about, like I started the podcast at Fort Lee when I was a chief. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was about halfway through that tour, I started the podcast um, and then somehow kept it up. Like the ones I recorded in the car, I was like driving home or like had just got in my car like on the boat, like I'd get off the boat, walk up to my car and like plug the thing in the bottom of my iPhone and record while I was driving home. Um, and that's kind of how I stayed afloat. I mean, I took breaks during that time. Cause like there were times I just couldn't get enough stuff sandbag to like schedule releases while I was on patrol. But, right. um, but yeah, I kept it going. Um, that whole time I was in Louisiana and then, yeah, been doing it ever since. And nice. here we are, retired with a beard. Loving retired with a beard. Loving every second. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, it's funny because that's kind of the way that I heard. So I've listened to podcasts for a little while. I think I may have listened to a couple, but realistically, the, the, I think, I think I'd listen to things similar to or ba- effectively were podcasts that I didn't realize that because that term wasn't super popular yeah until like um uh when cereal came out right mm-hmm. and cereal was all the rage and then that's when like the entire world was like oh snap like you can just download basically an npr show and listen to it whenever you want yeah yeah <laughs> it's like npr has been doing the exact same thing for 35 yeah. years and everybody's <laughs> like have you heard of podcasts now and yeah. it's like yeah man it's that's literally there's a that's what's weird about existed. I look back at when I started it and I'm like, podcasts were still kind of new. Like it, they weren't brand new, but like, and I don't even remember what I first started listening to, but it was still like not, it wasn't as popular as I thought it was when I started listening to them. But right. it was like the acceptable format in my mind of like, how can I reach sailors where they are? And like, I don't want my face and name on it and blah, blah, blah. And so then it, right. like, I settled on that, but. No, all that makes sense. It was just funny because like 
I'd been listening and I'd talked to my wife about it for a while. It's like, man, yeah. I want to start a podcast, but I don't know why. <laughs> you should. Like, and I've talked to you about it too. I have a few random ideas that I've had. Most of them involve another person though. Yeah. Um, and because otherwise I just feel like <clears throat> I have nothing against that format and there's times that it works really well. But yeah. outside of like some investigative true crime style or whatever, right? Yeah. If it's just one person telling a story yeah. for all the time, like in my head, it would just feel like I'm just reading a bunch of essays that I wrote. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm it the, is. I, like right. I and I'm like, I'm an over preparer. So I would yeah. write everything out ahead of yeah. time and it would sound like that. And I was like, ah, that's not really me. Yeah. The first, and, I think like the first three years of me doing it was just me. Like I never, I didn't even, yeah. cause I didn't know how, and I didn't really have time to book them or anything. But Grant Kahn was the first interview I did. Um, yeah. And that was weird because like the way that I did it, it was super weird. And like it was you mentioned fun. that at one point. Yeah. Like so we recorded the whole thing and I was recording my audio on my end with audacity and he was supposed to be recording the audio on his end and he didn't. He thought I was recording everything. So when we were done, I just had this one audio file of me talking. So I sent him the audio file and he literally just listened to it and then re-answered or like re-interjected oh his inputs. God. And then I had to like edit it. It was such a dumpster fire. Dude. It took, I probably put like, I don't remember how long that episode is, but I probably spent five times as long editing it and getting it to like work. And it was such That's a brutal. Mess, but. It was funny. That's but like now, stuff know. like that has always been my <laughs> biggest fear with it. So I never really. Yeah. And it's funny because everything I've looked up about podcasting, um, generally speaking, the, everybody's like, you know, what kind of gear do I need? What what I need for yeah. this? What I need for this? And everybody's like, literally just do it like you did. Like just you can just yeah. hold your phone just do up, it. hit record on the it, sound dude. app yeah. and post yeah. it. I mean, like, and at the very beginning, what I did was I Googled like, uh, like you good USB mics or something and blue Yeti yeah, yeah. kept coming back blue Yeti, blue Yeti. So I went to Best Buy, found a blue Yeti, plugged it into my MacBook air. That was like three or four years old and download. I like free audio recording software and I found <laughs> yeah. audacity. audacity and that's it. That's how I figured. That's how I started when I would record them, uh, just stationary. And then, yeah, I right. ordered like a, a microphone that plugged into my phone because the guy, the first podcast I ever listened to, the guy started by doing that, recording on his phone. And he said, he's like, it's better than nothing. It's better, like what the alternative is not doing it. And so I was just right. like, when, especially when I get to the boat. But I mean, I did them while I was at Fort Lee, too. But I knew when I got to the boat, I'm like, I'm not going to have time. So it's like my commute home is like 30 minutes. I'm like, that's they're going to be 20, 30 minutes long. Yep. Um, and that's what you'll see there's stretches where it's just like spin the yarn after spin the yarn. Cause it's like, that's yep, what I yep. do. I would just do record those on the ride home. And yeah, it's better than well, most doing people nothing. Were, most of them talk about that too, of like yeah. generally the quality of the episode, as far as like topic and what you say and all that mm -hmm. will keep people invested. If you have low quality sound. Yeah. Like if I, you have I, low quality audio and it's a terribly, yeah worded or produced or whatever the right word is like scripted. I don't, right. I, I can't think of the right. right term, but if the, 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 
I, it sounds bad because I don't mean quantity as, as in episodes, but like, yeah, if what you're saying is is good enough or important enough, people will give you a pass on bad mm-hmm. audio quality. But yeah, if they are both bad, then you're screwed. But yeah, you, you could have the best audio in the world. But if you don't yeah. have much to say right. that's worth if listening to, if the content sucks, you're screwed. And it's like, yeah, for a long time, my audio wasn't great. It wasn't it was decent. Uh, when I would use the Blue Yeti, but I, I, I was frustrated with it because I could never get it to sound like I can now. Um, and I found all these YouTube like. videos where, yeah, where the Blue Yeti, like they would make it, their audio would sound the way that I wanted it to sound in the YouTube video. And they said they were using a Blue Yeti and they would show you all these tricks and all this crap. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I couldn't get it to work. So I finally just threw my hands up and I, I literally Googled what does Joe Rogan use? And I bought a, it's a sure SM7B off of eBay. I got it used, but I mean, it's like, a, I don't know what they cost brand new, but I, I'm pretty sure I paid like three something like three fifty. I was going to say they're like 400 bucks. Brand yeah. New. It wasn't cheap. <laughs> and you can, you can actually, no. now that, now that podcasting has blown up, there's my, I helped my buddy start one. He does like Bitcoin uh, mm-hmm. stuff and finance and whatever. Um, and he, they make these in like a smaller podcast version and it's like 170 or something like that. Um, yeah, but they, I mean, they're, they're, it's like, I still run it through filters and do some stuff in audacity, but like the, it's the microphone doing most of the work. And it's like, it's an XLR mic that goes through this little amplifier thing and into this, uh, scarlet like xlr interface that makes it so it's a usb so i can plug into my computer blah 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 so like yeah but it took me years to progress to this point and like i didn't start this way i I went and bought a hundred dollar blue yeti and plugged into my existing computer and used free software right the end and it's like you don't even need to do that no i just over research everything yeah but it was funny because so i'd spent god knows how long over researching everything and listening to podcasts of like all kinds of wild stuff. I think we've talked about it before, but like a lot of mine are usually, uh, it's the same thing when I read, I, mm-hmm. I like to be informed. Yeah. Like I like to learn something, not just be entertained. There's obviously a, a two sides to that. You know, obviously mm-hmm. the entertainment thing is, is something and it's not that I've never read a fiction novel or whatever before, but, um, in general, I appreciate learning things um, pretty much whenever I can. And so I also, because of that, I have like, I'm a serial hobbyist, um, (laughs) which sounds bad, but like, I can't just go by like when I started, when I found out that I enjoyed like cycling, I was like, Oh, I'll go buy this road bike, but I can't just go buy a road bike and then start pedaling. Right. It's literally just go ride a bicycle and get exercise. It should be the easiest thing in the world. (laughs) But no, it took me like, months of yeah researching which like brands and this and, and which model and what is you have this, one of those this? like spandex suits and the bullet helmets or whatever yeah, man, like I, the- well, I don't have the bullet helmet but yeah i got two of the suits and it makes awesome. a difference and then i had to over research that yeah, why do we yeah. have those what is the purpose of this and whatever yeah, right dude i used to do olympic weightlifting competitively and the first time i did a competition mm-hmm. like locally you had to wear a singlet and i did not want to and then when I, I, cause you look ridiculous, but then when I did and I lifted with it, it like, it makes it way easier. <laughs> like it's so much less restrictive and you're like, it's like spandex. It's like, yeah, it looked ridiculous though. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just funny. So of course, like I over-researched literally everything. Yeah. Um, but because I always like to learn stuff, um, I was driving across country. So my move, um, from 
California to Connecticut, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in there. The first couple of times I moved cross country, I did books on tape. Yeah. One of the times, so when I moved from Connecticut to, oh, this is so confusing. Hold on. <laughs> so I get confused too, man. I don't even like when first I see boat people. Was in Washington. Yeah. First boat was in Washington. I was, uh-huh. uh, I joined the Navy as Mary or I joined the Navy married, but we were separated for a while. Mm. Um, I just got to bank BAH and separation pay and all this wild stuff. Yeah. While I was at boot camp, and I told everybody up and down, like, it was a pain for me to join because technically since I was married, she had to sign off on paperwork. So I had to go find this girl that I hadn't talked to in six months at least <laughs> and be like, Hey, uh, I don't even know where you're at in the world, but you yeah. know, can you tell me where sign so that here. I can have some guy from the Navy come meet you and yeah. sign up whatever. Right. So that happened. Anyways, I was on a boat in Washington while I was there. We split up for good, for yeah. sure. For sure. Got, got divorced, finalized. Um, and I left when I, so when I drove, left the boat in Washington, I went to Connecticut for shore duty mm. and driving across country. I was just driving by myself. And so I needed something like music can only take you so far. Yeah. And so I started listening to books on tape. Um, I did the same thing when I left sub school to go to Washington. That's when mm. I finished the last two books of Harry Potter. Cause <laughs> I was impatient. Like the movies yeah. one through five were out, but the last yeah. two books or however worked out right yeah basically the rest of the series was out in book form but not in movie form and i'd only watched the movies but i had to know how it ended yeah (laughs) so i found the books on tape and i just listened to those while i drove across um and then so when i came back uh there was a couple of podcasts that i listened to but they were weird like i used to play wow um Mm. i still do sometimes because i'm still a nerd but i am an it but, um, it, so I, I found a podcast about that and it was something to listen to. Like, mm. Hey, people are talking about something I'm interested in. Yeah. This is neat. And yeah. so you listen to that and then you burn up a bunch of episodes and then you're kind of like, all right, let's find the next one. And then you keep going. Right. Mm. So i done that. And then I listened to podcasts while I was out here. Um, a lot of roller derby podcasts actually. <laughs> um, cause did you do roller, roller derby? derby or huh? I thought you're just your wife did it. She played, I refereed. So when I was in Washington, ah. I just kind of became like a big fan. Yeah. And then I moved, but I knew enough because again, I over-researched. So I'm like, I'm going to read yeah. the rule book. So I know what's <laughs> actually going on. So I That's read the funny. rule book and I was like, I know how to skate. Cause I was a, a rink rat in middle school. And, yeah. um, and so when I got out to Connecticut, I was like, oh, I'm going to start roller skating or, uh, <laughs> start refereeing. Yeah. And so I had good skates. I started refing. Uh, and that's how I met her. She played, I was yeah. a ref. Um, and I actually met her before I even checked into the command. I was still on transfer leave when I showed up to one of their practices. Mm. Um, and then listened to a bunch then and kept going, kept listening. Right. And you're just constantly looking for more. Once you find that right. medium of like, Oh, there's so much stuff that's out. There's a podcast on everything. Yeah. Oh, listen to all <laughs> the things. And so then when I drove, then we were in Connecticut when we or California, when we moved to California, it was me and her. I mm. think we listened to some of cereal and then music and she slept a lot yeah. and whatever. And we did lots of sightseeing and all the fun things. Cause we didn't have kids yet. Um, <laughs> and then kept listening to him in California and I would pre download a ton of podcasts for like deployment. And I would, yeah. And I would yeah. intentionally not listen to him 
which was rough because anything that had to do with like timely stuff I couldn't yeah. do. And so I was like, ah, oh, Joe Rogan has really long podcasts, really mm. long interviews of random people. And it doesn't really matter when you listen to them. Yeah. So I downloaded a bunch of those and listened to those. And eventually you get tired of listening to this dude talk about moose meat and microdosing. <laughs> and um, so I found other stuff, right? And then I moved. Yeah. When we left California to come back to Connecticut, my, I had, we had a two and a half year old and a one month old. So we flew my wife and kids out to Connecticut mm. so they didn't have to drive. And then I drove. So I drove across country again by myself. Yeah. Same thing. Had to listen to podcasts. So I listened <laughs> to some of your episodes then, I think, because mm. I was just like, I got to find something. So I literally yeah. Googled like Navy and <laughs> like scrolled through a couple. And I was like, ah, cool. Don't give up the ship. I'll listen to yeah. that. Right. Download a handful of episodes. And I just added it to the playlist. And then eventually you get through to where you're like, right. oh, Check oh yeah, I had out. this one. Let me give it a shot. And then you hear like the cheesy eight bit yeah. intro, and I'm like, "What am I? I'm never getting rid of this music." I know, but I was if immediately I've like, "Any oh, negative I... feedback from listeners? It's that the in <sighs> intro music is awful, and I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> I heard it, and I was just like, "What am I doing?" I love and it. And then I uh, like literally the I somewhere in there you had mentioned that you were like a submariner or something. Yeah. Somehow it came out that you were on a submarine. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. So yeah. like, you can't be a total idiot. And so I was just <laughs> listening to a couple of them. I'm like, okay, okay. Challenge Download accepted. more at like a rest stop or whatever. Yeah. And then leave on deployment. Don't think about it. And then same thing came back and I'm like, all right, what else does he have? And right. again, most podcasts at the time or what I was familiar with were mm. interview centric, right? Yeah. Or multiple people at least. Right. And um, so then when, so I moved, flew the family out. I drove a car across with all of our immediate things that we needed. And then I turned around and flew back to California and went on a deployment for seven months. And then when I got back from that, I listened to it again because then now I had to drive myself again, but yeah. with my truck and the last <laughs> of my things back across country again. And um, one of these days I'm going to pick a second duty station on the same coast and it's going to be weird. Dude, that was me <laughs> here. It was the first time I stayed in the same place was Louisiana to group nine. And that was my last job. So, so weird. <laughs> it's awesome. But um, not having to PCS is amazing. Yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm hoping that something similar works out for me. But so anyway, so then when I drove back across again um, and I enjoy that, like I, I'm an only child. I enjoy mm. like, I grew up listening to baseball on the radio, yeah. even though I had a TV, we didn't have cable, but like yeah. uh, you could pick up baseball games on yeah. normal TV, but I was an only child. So I was used to like listening to just hanging out in my own head by myself type deal. Mm. So I don't mind road trips like that. Right. And, um, so I was listening to it again, listen to more. And I just laughed because you were, I felt like every episode in my head, Maybe it was just in my head, but it, I swear it sounded like more desperate every episode. You're like, please, just anybody reach out, please. If you're remotely interested, I mean, if you dude, exist in the world, please just the, tell yeah, me that like, you exist. It's like the walking dead. They're like on the ham radio trying to like, is anybody out there? Like that was yeah. the beginning, dude. It was like, nobody was listening to it. It was like, um a handful of like people who knew me like old students and 
chiefs and first right. classes that I had worked with and blah, blah, but then, and like my parents <laughs> and then like, and they still listen to every episode. My dad will text me about, I love ones. it. But, uh, yeah, it's like, um, I, and like, I don't even know how or when it started growing really. Like I know for a long time I was like, I was like sp- not spamming, but kind of spamming. Like I was joined like these Navy Facebook groups and sh- when I would publish an episode, I would just share it into the groups and eventually like they would get pissed because it wasn't what they were yeah. for. And I'm like, right. well, how else do I get the word out? Like I, and I like don't know, yeah. I don't have the money to pay for advertising and like, um, at, and I have since like I've advertised a few times. I don't really know how effective it is, but um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, anyway, but yeah, I don't, I don't even know how I succeeded in like getting the word out really. But like, I think I just, Reddit helped a ton when I find somebody told me to, to post the episodes on Reddit. Um, that helped a ton, I think, but it was already kind of like, I mean, it was doing pretty well by that point. So yeah, I don't even know. Well, so yeah, I, I, I started, well, yeah, enough, so I, I started, that's when I finally, like, when I got out here and I moved and I'm like, I'm on shore duty. Yeah. Uh, it's my second time here at the schoolhouse. Like, mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing to a loose extent, right? Everything yeah. changes, but I've been <laughs> at this exact command before, so yeah. it wasn't going to be a total, it wasn't like I'm going to show up and then be right. like, hey, we actually don't teach anything about submarines anymore. <laughs> we teach something else. Like, I knew what to expect, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, cool. I got time. We bought a house. I had my own little man cave in the basement. Yeah. And so I was like, all right. So that's when I finally spent money. I don't even remember when, but it's, I think I spent mm-hmm. actually when we got that, the, our Biden bucks is oh, or whatever yeah. you want well, to call you, that's it. That's right? when, when you got, bought like, our, the, that's when you bought your, um, mixer, mixer and the mic. thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That and the mic. Okay. Um, I got them all at the same time. And then, um, so, but I'd talked to you. I th- maybe I hadn't. We talked, talked to you before. before no, we we had talked several times before how. that. I don't oh, know. Dude. No, I did. I have. You had, I had one. I have another mic that I got. That's like it's cheap, but it actually works really well. But it's USB or XLR. Oh yeah, so that's the one both. that you told me to get for a travel mic. Yeah. I, I still have that one. It's like a Sam Samson or something Samson like that. Samson Q two U. It's good. Dude, it works great. Yeah. No, it's um, and that one was like. 30 bucks 40 bucks, 40 bucks yeah. on amazon like it it works good. yeah works better yeah, than my no, blue yeti did especially for 40 bucks no it's yeah. perfect but um but yeah it was funny because you kept saying like to reach out and i'm like dude, yeah. who am i like i'm just some <laughs> random dude I don't who am i like who are who's anybody no i know <laughs> but right but that's like a good parallel yeah. for everything in the Navy. Yeah. but <laughs> um i i talked to i'll tell you about that in a second but um, yeah but no, it was just funny because it was like, I don't, I don't know anything, but like, I want to do a podcast mm-hmm. and I need to break the ice somehow. Mm-hmm. And then you would constantly just sounding more and more desperate. So I'm like, all right, man, I'll message you. And I'm like, <laughs> I need to go back and listen. I want to hear how desperate I sound. <laughs> I, I don't remember I like, feeling desperate, but maybe. No, I know. but like, I don't know. But I, I mean, I'm, me? maybe I'm just giving you a hard time, but it was just <laughs> like, it was like. I don't, I'm just a guy, but whatever. And then, so when I sent you the first email or whatever, my thought was like, I'm going to be at the bottom of some list of like, nah, there's going to be like <laughs> eight people response. ahead of me. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody's listening. <laughs> like, I th- well, I think you were gone or Remind something. I think you were still on the boat. I probably, yeah. uh, 
I don't remember. I don't remember how long ago. I might have been on like an SMI or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Because you didn't respond like right away, but mm-hmm. um, it wasn't like months later, I don't think. Yeah. But either way. Right. And then that's when we caught up and then you kind of realize how small the Navy and or especially yeah. submarine is. <laughs> And you're like, oh, cool. So we actually have like 47 mutual yeah, friends. mutual friends on know. Facebook. And we're like, yeah. oh my God, we know everybody uh, that, uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And so, so that's, it's kind of funny um, talking to you since then. Um, and yeah, I don't know. So it's funny because like if anybody uh, that is listening, like just if they say to reach out, just reach out, man. Yeah, uh, man. You can just be a random dude. Yeah. <laughs> or girl. I'm a, I'm a random and, dude. Like, that's what's so stupid about people not like I get because I get emails that are borderline hero worship sometimes. And it's like, calm down. I'm just a dude that does a podcast. Just in- <laughs> like, it's not. I'm not any but like i'm not johnny depp and i bet you he's even pretty chill like i'm not a guy that you need like and i don't get it because i'm like i'm pretty like i i'm pretty um forthcoming about like who i am and what i did like i'm just a dude that was a mass chief in the navy like it's not like i understand when like junior people are intimidated because that's like i was intimidated by master chiefs when i was in e3 so like yeah i get that but i don't get when people like I don't like some select email me. He's like, I don't even expect a response. I'm like, why? It's like the whole point. Like, that's what I do here. It's like, of course I'm going to respond to you and send you a charge. I'm like, it's what I do, dude. Like, this is kind of the whole mission of the thing. Yeah. Like, you know, like this. Yeah. Like it's all gonna, coming to fruition I, with I'm this. Totally going to respond. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's funny. I think that's the biggest thing that I've kind of caught on to. Um, yeah. But, uh, of, of a lot of it is like when you, you're in charge of something, right. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily because you have, uh, I don't know. It's like, which kind first, the chicken or the egg. Right. But yeah, when you get vocal about things and passionate and you like kind of put your foot down, you go, no, this is what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. And you become like in charge of something or you create something, mm-hmm. um, is it, it's not so much that you are in charge of that thing because you had that idea or vice versa, like, I don't know, they kind of go hand in hand, but it's funny because then you eventually when you're that person put in that role, you're like, I'm just a dude who just was complaining about this thing. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that I'm now the expert on this. Like, yeah, I, doesn't that's somebody kinda, have some training on this? And that's like, kind of no how I felt <laughs> about this whole thing. Like you just described <laughs> my, seven year uh the seven year like maturation of my like outlook i guess is like at the beginning i was just venting slash maybe this will help out and then somehow i became the expert and i'm like oh my god i'm the only person that is like think not not like thinking this this. yeah like how am i the guy like it doesn't (laughs) because i i would have like chiefs and stuff reach out predominantly and they're the ones going like oh my god thank you like i thought i was the only one that thought this way and then i'm like but then and then you have like the uh like the face plants that happen at the high level or like the stupid things they say or do or whatever and and like the really like out of touch policy and and like actions that they take or whatever and i'm just like am I the only one? And like, and I know like CMCs that think this way, like I know, but they're anomalies in my opinion. Um, 
But like, so I know I'm not like the only, only one. Maybe I'm the only one willing to say it out loud to everyone for everyone here. So I don't know, like, because it feels like the vast majority of people think very similarly or the same or what, you know, adjacent or whatever. But they're not right. willing to be public about it. You know what I mean? They're not willing to say it in a mess meeting or. Uh, right, and, right. And and what's funny is in mess meetings, when I would talk the way that I do on the podcast, it was like. I'm the guy, I'm like the rabble rouser. You know what I mean? I'm like right. the dude that, that, uh, everybody's kind of like, uh, either I'm a bully or will you just shut up or like the cops chin checking say, me cause I'm getting too big for my britches or something. And it's like, I was going to say, I will say that it, it gets, uh, exhausting when you go after every, so here's the problem is basically like, imagine that like super vocal, complaining but knowledgeable second class yeah who just wants to tell you everything <laughs> that you're doing is wrong yeah right and they're not dumb they're yeah. like smart enough to be dangerous about mm -hmm. whatever they say yeah and it's the same thing except yeah. you like get paid twice as much yeah. and you have yeah. a mic yep. and so now it's like <laughs> oh, could you just stop dude like yeah like, just please <laughs> shut up and color once yeah. you know yeah but then it just gets exhausting and mm -hmm. like you know, that's just the thing that comes with experience, I guess, of like, there's no real way to teach that of like, at some point you're going to go, man, this is exhausting arguing with everybody about everything. Maybe <laughs> I, I mean, should just shut up in color. And then you go back and well, forth and you find that balance. Maybe. Man, yeah. I mean, honestly, like my balance was retiring. Like I just, <laughs> that last year and a half, I was so exhausted with being in constant conflict with everything and everyone all the time that I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And it's like, well, I'll the do the podcast, like but like I, the at, in real life being the only guy in the room going, are we really going to do this this way? Like for instance, they email out a spreadsheet for me to rank a bunch of first classes, right? I just checked into the command and, uh, because of the watch floor thing that they do, right? Like a lot of them work nights. I've never seen these kids in my life. And the way the spreadsheet works is everybody gets an equal vote. So like the people that are in a, in a position to directly evaluate this kid get the same amount of like weight in their vote that I get. And I'm like, I couldn't pick this kid out of a lineup. And they didn't send out like a package or anything where i could like Bullet evaluate points. their evals or brag sheet or anything it was literally just their name and rate and i'm like and i i immediately responded to the email to the sel and a bunch of other people i'm like is this really what we're doing because i'm not voting on like this is stupid this is not how this should be done i don't even know who these people are why should i get a vote at all like their chiefs should be briefing it in a room so we all know what's going on and we all because i don't even like the way we most places do it in the mess because i still don't feel right. like i have a complete image but i understand that that's just you never what's gonna happen most of the time but um but like no nah, i'm saying like though the way i liked it the best was when i was at a remote learning site and we got ranked against all these other remote learning sites by our like higher headquarters they would send out we'd like we would have to compile packages so that the chiefs yeah, in like San of the Diego quarter, of the year package. Yeah, so basically. the chiefs in San Diego could rank my first class appropriately. And I'm like, it was still, there were still flaws, but it was probably one of the best because I at least felt like I kind it was kind of like a, a chief's board almost like I had all of right. the documentation. So like, as long as that's accurate, 
I can, yeah, I mean, I can evaluate them pretty honestly, I think. So, like, I think it should be both. Like, I think I should be there in real life and have all their stuff. So, like, maybe I have some anecdotal experience with them in, in real life, but then also I have their evals and their awards or whatever, some kind of package. But, so, um, yeah, and, like, I'm the one that's, like, saying this is stupid. Like, I checked in five seconds ago, and, like, it's coming from a Master Chief SEL. Our CMC's here. Like, all these of them, like... There was like six Master Chiefs on the staff at the time. And I'm just like, I'm the guy that's going to raise the alarm. Like, seriously. And that's been a theme for, you know, I mean, at least all of my khaki adult life, you know, like for the last 11 years. Yeah. So. So then what's uh, uh, the standard, you know, in 21 years? Mm-hmm. What's your uh, sort of like, what would your not your charge be, but it's kind of the same idea, right? Of like, what's your, your biggest takeaways slash lessons learned slash advice. Um, I mean, it depends on the audience, but like, like junior sailors would ask me all the time when I was an instructor. Um, basically everybody wants a life hack or like a, a cheat code. Right. Or something. Right. And it's yeah. Like, what's your life hack? What are the, the keys to success? Yep. And it's like, it's comical how far the, the tenets of of um show up early with a great attitude in the right uniform and work really really hard it's comical how far that will take you like i have (laughs) i have shown up early squared away and like stayed late right shown up early in a super squared away uniform with a you know good good attitude as i could muster and as good as you're capable for me like the two things that i was like the I was really great at three out of four of them. My attitude wasn't always great, but um, (laughs) I was always super motivated to do a good job. I just wasn't always like, you know, rainbows and butterflies, but my uniform was always pristine, like shiny boots and like crispy creases and all that stuff always. And then um, showing up early and staying late and just working harder than everyone else. And so like, it's comical how far that will take you. And what is even more, funny to me or frustrating maybe is like my output i could have dialed it down to like 60 percent and still outperformed all of my peers and so it was like i have this like measurement of like good for me and then good objective by the objective measure of whoever my reporting senior right. is and it's like um and it's funny because I say that and I'm like, so you would think I was like a number one EP sailor my whole career and I wasn't. And but that's we get into the like being a cook in the Navy and particularly the submarine force conversation. Yeah, the, the politics of rankings. Yeah, and the politics of general. rankings and evals and blah, blah, blah. But like we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But like but I did promote early. I got meritoriously advanced. I, you know, won awards. I mean, I wasn't like sailor of the year ever and I wasn't the number one EP I don't think ever maybe as a second class or something. I don't know. Like, but not, I've never been an EP as a chief, a senior chief or a master chief ever. Uh, That's not true. I was a chief on shorty. I was an EP, but it's like, I have to be at a cook command for it to happen. And that's what service support is cooks, LSs and admin. So it's like, it's gotta be that type of a command. Cause like I got an EP when I was where you don't get discounted. Yeah, I was a, I was an EP at the base galley too, but it, like in Groton, at least back then, 
I mean, 80% of the shore duty billets were cooks, it seemed like. It was like... And the rest the were security staff. Security and uh, <laughs> port ops. And that was it. Like, for yeah. the actual base, it was, there, it was yeah. all MAs, uh, some random port ops people, and all just a ton of cooks. Like, barracks, yeah. galley, and some other randos. Yep. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it was, it was... I got ranked competitively there. But, like, when I'd be on a boat, it was like, you're always you're always 20% lower than you should be no matter what, you know, unless you have like, I mean, there's a boat on the waterfront right now that has a cook cob. And I'm hoping that he is better at that. Um, and then what's funny is a good buddy of mine just made master chief, uh, as a CS and he's the CS chief on that boat. <laughs> so there's two master chief cooks on the same crew. It's going to be your opposite crew actually. Um, Oh. Yeah, they're great, dude. I like my buddy Alan. He's he's the guy that relieved me on Carter. He's amazing. Just like I was so happy he was the guy that made Mass Chief this year because it was like uh, there was like not really other options unless there was a Cobb qualified guy I didn't know about, but like he's just such a beast and he deserves it. It'll be cool to see because he's going to be a Cobb eventually. And, um, yeah. And being on that boat with that dude because like he's like a cook. The Cobb is a cook, but he's like a ship's control wizard like he was better at like the stuff that i had anxiety about being a cob about he's like that's his jam like and he was good at cs stuff too like i did his smi on his last boat and he got above standards which is the highest grade you can get but like and he basically won a nay which is like that food service award that they do um for the best uh-huh. food service operation he basically won- he transferred right before the inspection i think or right re- or before the results but he was there for the inspection so it was like he won a nay uh which so he's like he's really good at his job too but like he's probably better at that stuff which is like the anomaly of anomalies so it's like the perfect dude for alan to learn from because he's got the cook perspective but he's also really good at that other stuff yeah yeah alan alan's a wizard too though he'll be fine but uh but yeah, and so like those things are what I, I I don't know how I got so off track just besides I I'm a squirrel. Um <laughs> Those are the things I tell junior sailors. And I mean, I, I tell certain like uh, junior sailors, I mean, for me is like up to junior first classes. And then when I get into like board eligible first classes and like young chiefs and stuff, um, I, it's basically what's in my charge. I, I've codified a lot of it. Um, it's a lot of like, like random, but not type stuff. Like um, one of the things I say is like leadership by example is the most powerful tool that I've ever seen. Like in leadership, mm-hmm. it's like, it's really easy to say all the right stuff and it's really easy. Like I had a cob that did that. He was like a used car salesman. Like he said all the right things about cleaning stowage preservation and okay. reds and all that. You know what I mean? Like any, and he sounded good saying it like when he first checked in and took over, like I thought, I'm like, Oh, this guy's going to be awesome. Thank God. And like for six months he was, and then he took his foot off the gas. Um, and it was like he he was very good at just like parroting the party line and saying all the right things and then going and sitting in the chief's mess like a bump on a log. And it like never went back in the engine room to observe cleanup or field day or anything. But it's so important that the bilges be clean. Yeah, I mean, like one of those guys. Right, um, right. So like being like for me, when he put me in charge of a sparkle team right before Orse, I think I was down in the bilge bills blasting and I'm a senior chief. Most senior guy in the submarine not named Cobb. And I'm not like, I'm like, give me that. Th- I want the steam, Jenny. Give me that thing. And I was down there just blasting the shit out of everything. And it was super fun. But it's like, also, I'm just, I don't need to do that. I could have sat there and read a book. 
Like, I mean, it's the engine room, so you can't do that. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I could have sat there and done nothing and nobody would have called me out on it. So, but it's like, no. w- because I was down in the bilge bilge blasting, everybody else was cleaning. Everybody else was working. They're like, if I, because if Seema Timmy Did sees you ever me get- down there, then they're going to be, they're going to, like, well, I got to, I got to do that. Like, I got to work and I got to clean or whatever. So, did you ever get the feeling that uh, a common perception that I've heard from people when they do stuff like that mm-hmm. is like, oh, he must have gotten like in I'm, trouble and that's oh. why he's out here. Like you're the um, pariah that like, like you got banished no, to the, to the bilges in the engine room. And I mean, I could, I could such a screw up. Ideal. I could see that being a perception if it had happened differently. But in this case, it was like, the cob lost his mind because who the person in charge wasn't doing a good job. So they, that Mm -hmm. guy got like fired because, because it's like everybody knows CPS is basically the cobs grade on horse. Right. So it's like, and it's really important to their, like, uh, like the way they're evaluated to like go on to another cool job. Right. Right. Don't like a CMC level job. Um, and so like, the cob lost his mind because the guy that was running it initially was doing a crappy job and nothing was getting clean. And so I got brought down there to fix it. And so I think that was kind of understood was like the reason I was down there was because it, I was fixing it. Um, okay. But yeah, I totally, which is I, different. I, yeah. I think you could, I think it would be really easy to perceive it that way though. Yeah. Um, but you know I what think I mean? It, like, cause yeah, it was unique. There was a time case. when like, like when I was, you know, the standard, I show up to the boat uh, and spent my time down mm-hmm. in FSAing for a yeah. while. And then <clears throat> I think I was, I'd had my fish. There's me and an A-ganger. And we checked in the same day. We were neck and neck with literally everything up right. until both of us checked out. Um, because you we just had that, like, I had nothing against, you know, I love the dude, um, he's out now, but uh, we never had anything against each other, but there was like that, oh, like he qualified what? Like, all right, I guess I got to go do that too, you know, or like you'd hear word of like, hey, did you hear? Let's go over there. He's qualifying chief (laughs) of the watch. And you're like, yeah, print somebody print me a card. I got to go qualify chief of the watch now, you know, like I got to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. And it was constant keeping up with the Joneses. Um, but it wasn't like a bad thing. It was actually very beneficial to both of us, obviously, because we constantly yeah. pushed each other without ever saying anything to each other about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, we both got called down at one point. We had an SMI coming up um, and they were like, hey, we need kind of like an all-star crew down here to FSA yeah. up until then. <laughs> and um, so they, the CS chief was basically like, hey, I need two people I need at least two guys that are like senior that have done it before they're yeah. coming back again. Sorry. Yeah. They're going to deal with it. And so they basically said like, all right, well, you know, who do you have in mind? And, and he had mentioned the two of us. And so they kind of worked it out. I don't know. I wasn't yeah. in the room, obviously I just got right. told I was going back, but, um, I did between him and my chief got both got told. And again, it could have been totally blown smoke up my head, but basically <laughs> got told, Hey, they asked for you and this other guy specifically. Yeah, so no, like, it okay, happens, cool. dude. I did that. I asked for specific people. I, I wouldn't during doubt SMI. it. Um, 100%. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's the biggest brag in the world to say I was good at doing dishes. You know, yeah. like I'm not yeah. saying I was the greatest warfighter in the world. I was just I could clean some dishes totally happily, yeah. bang them out quick, mm. and keep everything clean the way it was supposed to. 
because all I had to do is throw some headphones in, listen to some music. Mm. I was in another planet and yeah. I could just crush it for a while. Right. Yeah. And then he was our TDU guy, the egg hanger. Yeah, of um, course. <laughs> but right. That's what but I did. Too. Both of us had our fish. We were super senior. Yeah. And so it was actually like, it's chill. It, that was probably one it's of my so favorite times on the boat. Yeah. So much better. Cause it it's was like, like a hey, vacation. Man, you're only, dude. Like you don't have any responsibility at all. I always no. tell FSAs when they complain about being an FSA, I'm like, dude, in two and a half years, you're going to be begging me to come back. And it happens dude, without fail. It becomes salty section classes. Where the money was like, at. Please let me come back to the decks. With fish was where the money was at. <laughs> oh yeah. At, yep. During the meal, right? Like, I would go through the dishes and all that stuff, but when I was yeah. done, if I wasn't doing the dishes during the meal, you're like King Crank. Um, you just sit down and watch a movie. Like you don't have to do anything. Yeah, I'd just wander around, yeah. and I'd be like, and you would do the cheesy, like you know, hey man, you need a refill on that, and then like, yeah. So we we're like, so right, happy to go be get, there. <laughs> go get me this whatever, and you're just like, no, yeah. no, you go do that, yeah. fatty. Like yeah. you got room for that in that. <laughs> yeah, I had a, that poopy a suit and nuke electrician you know, you, that was qualified engineering watch supervisor that FSA'd for like two weeks because he had some weird security clearance issue, and yeah. so he was the best. Like because he would just sit there and tackle yeah. everybody on the decks and like, but he was amazing. And he like was the, like the FSA LPO. He would run all those guys, tell them what to do, tell them how to do. It was it was amazing. You'd see like I remember like at one point. Um, we were what they were watching a movie. It was dark on cruise mess while they were eating because they were watching something. And I remember seeing like a hearing a bunch of people laugh. And so yeah. I kind of stopped and I was like, what are they, you know, you're peeking through the little window that you can kind of see out there. Yeah. And then I see everybody dying laughing again. And I'm like, what are they watching? So I stopped and I walked out there and one of the guys was like, Hey, Craig, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm watching this movie. And somebody's like, Oh, he's got fish. And he was yeah. like, Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. And then like kind of let it go, right? And I'm just standing there watching it. And somebody's like, hey, man, your window's getting full. And I was like, then go wash them. I'm yeah. watching this. <laughs> you know, and it, like, I don't remember what movie it was, but yeah. we all just kind of laughed. You know, everybody kind of laughed about it. And I watched like uh, a minute and a half of it, right? And yeah. then I went back in there, going back right. to do my job. But like, it was so nice to be able to yeah. like feel like that part of the crew, right? And be able to do and say those types of things. Yeah. And then, and not just get completely demolished because of it. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, as soon as it was over, he was like, um, he was like, Hey man, like, you know, you're all set down here. I appreciate it. And they sent all of our reliefs down. Mm -hmm. I remember we had like this big meeting of like, Hey, you're going to shadow this guy for a day. You're going to shadow yeah, this guy yeah. for like, you get one watch for turnover type yeah. deal. One 12 hour shift. I didn't shift. even get that. I can and, just um, show up and be new. And so like, they did it. Well, they did it in waves. Yeah. Um, and I was the last person to get relieved finally mm -hmm. and so everybody was done and he had this big meeting of like all right guys we're gonna go dominate whatever right some mm -hmm. who chief speech about um yeah being an fsa and, and i'm the only one standing there and i just remember staring at him with like the worst look on my face uh, and he looked at me and he's like your relief is coming just yeah. wait shut up and bro. it's just and i'm staring at him just like shaking my head and i was like all right man i'm gonna go to the rack like yeah. <laughs> let me know if you need something uh <clears throat> so with uh i guess you know obviously everybody starts at zero with mm -hmm. a podcast or this platform yeah. um how uh like where are you at now seven years in what's like your how do you i don't even know how you measure mm. any of that stuff right like I, you've I given mean, me the logins and i've tried looking but i don't yeah, understand so, how anybody does this so i mean the, how many I don't people do you figure listen monthly oh um monthly it's 
So it depends, like, because this only real analytics that I have, and I think there's a, I've looked at like the iTunes one before, but it's only iTunes and it's like people listen through a lot of different platforms. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it, I don't think it registers anything except iTunes. So the, I look at SoundCloud because that's my RSS feed. Like that's like the source of the podcast. Right, that's where you post it. Uh-huh. So um, the analytics there tell me it's, it depends, but it's usually around 8,000 a month. Oh, um, no kidding. Yeah. And, but I think some of that might be like weird. I, and I don't know if they're bots or like. Because there's some weird things that happen with SoundCloud specifically because it's primarily a music platform. Um, And I think it's kind of like, you know, like every time I post something on Instagram to like for an episode, I get like five bot comments on it, you know, like because of a hashtag or I've seen those. uh, Yeah. You should post this on yeah. whatever page over <laughs> and over. Do for a shout out? And it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no. Um, and so like, I, so I, I think some of the sound, cl- I don't think many because then you go down and look at um, like where you can, you can break down the analytics into like where they're listening from. Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally there's like some weird stuff like Latvia or something. I'm like, there's no Navy people in Latvia. I don't think, um, that you know, of. but not, and it, but it's not many listens. So it's like, I don't right. know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's significant. Um, and it keeps going up. Right. So like, I think the last, I think over the last 12 months, it's been like 85,000, which is way up from, like every year it, it goes up and up and up. So it's like, and it's not, it's still not like insane, but it's like, it's no, considering my niche. Size. Yeah. Considering my niche, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> right. Um, Cause it's not just like people in the Navy, right? Like you have to find right. somebody in the Navy who cares enough about yeah. talking about the Navy or listening well, about the Navy yeah. or leadership development and or Right. Like right, how many right. people are really yeah. diving in to go do yeah. that, right? Like half of Reddit and Facebook mm-hmm. groups are just full of people talking about how much they hate their chief. So well, and I can't imagine a lot of this. I've pulled a lot of people in by posting the episodes on Reddit and getting engaged in some of those threads and like, right. Um, I'm on discord and I talk to those guys. And so I think the, cause a lot of the people, especially on Reddit, like the people you're talking about, they get, they have a really negative reaction. Like it's just vitriol when I post an episode. Um, like I posted the how right. to make chief kind of one. I posted the video there and it just within seven seconds and it said like, get fat. <laughs> like was the first comment. Yeah. And so it was like, just, and it's like, it's fu- I think it's funny too. So I'm just like laughing at it. Um, but I've pulled a lot. I think I've like converted a lot of people like where, uh, what'll happen is they'll roast me. And then before I even get there, a lot of times a bunch of listeners will jump into the comments and be like, no, you actually need to listen to this. Like this isn't what you think it is. And they'll defend me. And so I've, I've actually pulled a lot of people onto the podcast that way too, like guests and like people yeah. I consider good friends now that I pulled in through Reddit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's grown a lot. Um, it's I still feel like I kind of don't know how big it is exactly, um, but I know it's growing and I know, you know, it's a significant number of listens like within the first week an episode usually does about 500 
And then it just mm-hmm. slowly ticks up over time. Um, Cause like you'll go back and look at like a week's analytics and it'll have like five episodes with a couple hundred, I'd list hundred listens. Um, so it just like snowballs over time. So like right, within right. a month you're at like a thousand ish and then it just keeps going up. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and there's a lot of people, I think the majority of the growth has been word of mouth. Cause I've noticed a lot of growth during chief seasons, right? Like chief selects yep, yep. and chiefs are telling their chief selects to listen That's to it. Time. And well, and I have all the initiation chronicle stuff and the teaching of the creed stuff. So it's like, there's a lot of resources for that audience too. Well, yeah, but, but based on your niche too, right? You're, mm-hmm. You, that's the time that you have that the Navy has decided yeah. to dedicate towards leadership development. Right. And they, we've, the Navy is more or less said, right? Like I know yeah. this isn't the really what they have said, but mm-hmm. in practice they have said, Hey, we designate, we set aside yeah. six weeks for you guys to Every care year. about leadership training. And, that's and it. <laughs> so as a podcast that's dedicated to that. If True. somebody's sitting yeah. there banging their head against the wall it's for fair. six weeks, like mm-hmm. I don't get this, and they're yeah. a podcast person, they're going to look for this, and they're going to yeah. they're going to look for something like that. And I know that there are others that exist. I know we've talked about them before, mm-hmm. but I'd, I've never, I've the literally only, never given any of them a chance, yeah. and so I have no data on and, anything. And I can't some comment. Of, some of I don't know what their statistics are. I'll probably ask them offline because I'm going to record with them soon on their podcast, but. The only guys I've seen that have gotten a similar positive response and they seem to be getting a lot more traction uh, pretty quickly is the permission to speak freely guys. Like they had just started out when I found them. I think somebody might have suggested them to me. And then mm-hmm. like and I'm not taking credit for any of their growth or anything, but I then I brought them on as guests. Um, is and that I mean, Damo? I'm sure it. Yeah. Damo and Damon. Like I'm okay. sure like some of our listeners, but like I've had a couple people thank me for the episode because it turned them on to them. But right. like lately, like, I mean, they're cranking out episodes. They've been, they've been doing YouTube and stuff. So I'm sure that helped them grow a lot, but they're the only one in that niche that I'm aware of that seems to be doing really well. Um, Dude, I'm the worst with this too. Cause I've never listened to know. any of theirs. Like we did yeah. a goats after dark with, I've listened with to Damo and that's yeah. when I, you know, pseudo yeah. met him as much as you can meet anybody yeah. in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that's when I heard of them and I feel mm. bad cause it's not like against them or like, yeah, it, dude, it's, I just, everybody has it's so not my much normal, to consume. It's, it's like, not my, yeah, exactly. There's God, such, how so could much you to possibly consume. pay attention to everything, you know? Like, but I always joke, like I give you a hard time that I feel bad half time. Yeah. I don't, listen, you don't to listen to that many, <laughs> any of like hardly any of yours. Yeah. I barely listen to them because I'm so far behind with mm-hmm. so many others that I listen yeah. to. Right. And so they, a lot of them, like some of them, if they're story based, if it's like a, you know, a 10 episode mini series, yeah. as soon as that comes out, that takes precedence. But then mm-hmm. if it's an hour and a half and I've only got a 10 to 15 minute yeah. car ride to work like that takes me all week to get through right and it's like and then by then i'm you know up behind on four yeah. others and so yeah. and it's like i, I feel I bad have because i them and jeff too like he puts out 90 podcasts a week i'm like i can't keep yeah. up with this dude so like i no, listen to them occasionally like, like i keep but, meaning to yeah. give to listen to jeff more often because mm-hmm. i don't uh i we've done one with him before also yeah. Yeah. but i haven't I don't know that I've listened to any of just his and it's not because I don't want to by any means. It's just, again, like all that stuff. And then honestly, uh, as, as bad as a lot of the sounds is there's burnout just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in the Navy. 
I'm yeah. there all yeah. day. I deal I take, with it. I dude, know what I yeah. like and don't like. I get, and I then, get burned out on this sometimes. Like I get it. And then when me. like I come home and it's like I don't want to keep listening to yeah. and about the Navy while I'm yeah. leaving the Navy for the day. <laughs> like I'm trying to go home. Yeah. I'm trying to listen to not yeah. Navy. Like. Maybe yeah. I do want to listen to people shooting mooses and and <laughs> taking micro dosing yeah, and yeah. like you know something just totally something different. Stupid, yeah, yeah. But like I I can't uh you know but there is something some interest to it because uh like many wives you know mine is not the most stoked about me coming home and trying to talk to her about like leadership philosophy or some <laughs> random, you know, like, yeah, it's like, cool. So, uh, also you need to take care of the kids right now. We need dinner and then they need to take a bath. And like, I'm not trying to sit there and be like, yeah, but have you heard of the Peter principle? And like, <laughs> you know, it's like, a great book, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, so like, I'm, yeah. it's, it's interesting because, uh, in a profession that, um, so many of us do for such a large portion of our lives, even if it's yeah. only four years, like those, even if you only did four years and then you get out, those yeah. four years are not four years at Taco Bell. They're a different <laughs> kind of four years, you know? And yeah. so doing that and then also somehow having the mental space and energy to devote to listening to right. a podcast from some, from people that are almost unanimously hated or at least jokingly hated in the navy from a couple of chiefs you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like you're not wrong not, i don't you know who's who what like what bitter angry second class is like oh my chiefs are idiots i'm gonna go listen to this podcast from <laughs> but they chiefs. do though. you know like, but they do they do Those but people that's, that's are what real gonna, that's what i was getting to though about like, eight thousand a week part <laughs> That's the craziest part to me is that that's yeah. that 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 number is where it's at. Not because I yeah. don't think you deserve it, but it's yeah. like it, it's it's not. It's surprising it, that that yeah. many people, you know, however many it is, it's a diverse crowd too. Like it's not all navy. Like I I've had there's a bunch of coasties listening. I've had co corresponded with a bunch of coast guardsmen. I just that charge we just did was for a master sergeant in the space force. So it's like met going space through, force baby going through the chief season. But like you know what I mean like. Um, and I think like I picked Boldly up some, going. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, but the, the, um, the coasties, I think I picked up when I, cause I went on this, uh, they had to go out or I had those guys on yep. or both. I can't, I, I think I did both. And then like, I've picked up, um, I don't know if there's any Marines, but I've picked up like, there's one dude that's like a civilian logistics dude that like works with the Navy, but he's never been in the military. So there's like there's some random people that you'd be you like I that when I got an email or a DM or something, I'm like, you're listening to me like, all right, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a little odd, but whatever. Um, Like, it's cool. I mean, and it's like, I mean, it's all, you know, leadership stuff. So I guess it translates all that stuff's mostly. good because I imagine that that's still. Yeah. I mean, the general leadership stuff, I. Yeah. I think about it all very differently. Like during the chief season, I look at things differently after talking to you and going through the podcast and stuff of how, um, I don't know, like the, the message that, that I'm trying to send or portray mm -hmm. or like, you know, focusing on like what's important or what am I really trying to get out of this or what do right. I want them to get out of this? It's definitely shaped my view on those things. Um, I would hope for the better um, and not necessarily always for the party line. And yeah. it is what it is. Right. Um, and that's kind of the point. And I think we talk about that plenty, but mm -hmm. um, 
it's it's interesting to me seeing how like when I think about it more and when I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, I'll just, you know, we haven't done an episode in a while. I'll call this dude up and yeah. or even like we've talked plenty where we don't do yeah, where we didn't just record yeah. catch up and I have a whole episode for like three hours that was just such rambling garbage that I was just like, no, I'm, not worth I'm not even going to publish this. It was just I us feel like catching up. I'm not going to lie. I feel like that's how 85% of our episodes are. No, but, I mean, we um, talk about a lot of stuff that is relevant for the audience, but then that one episode, I mean, it was, or it wasn't even an episode. It was like we recorded, but I didn't even use it because it was just, well, we I were tell talking you that about 90% a ton of, of stuff time. that was unrelated. Yeah, no, 90% yeah. of the time I tell you that too. Like yeah, if, yeah. We, if we're just going to catch up and you're like, I'll record it and then it's just, like, if I can use it, I use it. If I don't, yeah. who cares? And I'm like, just stop. Cause now I feel weird when I see the red thing going in the corner, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, no, yeah. I know. Um, so, so then what's your, what's your end goal with this? What's your, like, at um, what point will you feel like I am done and, or do you have that yet? Or are you just still kind of rolling with it or I'm, I'm kind of rolling with it. I would say I have a spectrum of like what I, uh, what I'm kind of aiming for and what I think is realistic, I guess it's like, I have a lot of mm. ideas and hopes and whatever of about where I think I want to end up. And it's, it's like a, it's some, some conglomeration or like dream vision board or whatever of like, right. Um, I, so I'm going to start posting on YouTube more. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, I think it'll primarily just be the episodes with like with the video now. Um, and I'll do some of the instructional stuff like I did with the, how to make chief, I guess. Um, Mm-hmm. But I'm probably going to get away from a lot of that now that I'm retired because I'm not going to be up on all that stuff anymore. As in and, touch. And it, yeah, and it expires too. Like I did the first cheese yeah. package one and some of the information's not not accurate anymore just because this stuff changes. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I the YouTube stuff will be a bigger thing now. That's kind of like one of my next steps is I'm like literally earlier today, I'm like, learning how to make the YouTube intro that I'm really proud of. I don't know how I figured it out. And then uh, like how to chop together a YouTube video. And right now I'm using like iMovie and then that'll evolve probably to like uh, whatever the Adobe. Pro Tools or something. Pro or Final Cut or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm in the infancy of like the YouTube stuff. So I'm really focused on that right this second. Um, And I want to, I really do want to, I, I feel bad because I have, you know, like 30 or 40 people that subscribe to the Substack so far and I haven't published anything in months, but I want to get back into writing too. I eventually would love to write a book. Um, John Rennie, who I'm going to go on his podcast soon too, talked to me offline about a bunch of like how he wrote all these books. He's written like three or four books and um, how it's like, you know, he's not a New York Times bestseller, but like he generates a lot of revenue doing that. Um, There's a so, market. Like, yeah. And so like I'm I'm looking at it like what I would really like to do is just kind of create this ecosystem of leadership development resources. Um, I want the podcast to stay completely free. At most, they'll catch an ad like the D Gets Apparel one I do or something else um, like right. that. And then I started a Patreon that I just launched yesterday. Um, and so I'm trying to get it like I'm trying to create revenue streams without like making it gross and without taking away the existing value, like the podcast itself will always be free. There'll never be any premium content, like podcasts that you don't get access to or anything. I just right. don't like that idea. Um, 
But then like have with you thought Substack, about, go ahead. And I'll say, have you thought about stuff like, I know um, <clears throat> we talked about Jeff doing like, or I know that he does, um, I don't know how regularly or how mm. often, but he's done like kind of guest speaker, public speaker type yeah. things. Yeah. Have you thought about stuff like that? Like, yes. especially cause in your area, right. You yes. have, uh, I've been asked a, to do it in my area and I had, I said within, no, cause I was still on active duty. I was like, I'll do right, it remotely with like an hour radius, it. right? You have like a whole lot of, yeah. uh, uh, messes basically in and say an mm -hmm. hour radius, if you include the entire sound right? and you know, Everett and, and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So like, have you thought about, uh, kind of as that as a service of like, yeah. Hey, I'll come and do whether it's a training or a like, let's just sit down and BS and you guys complain and let me tell you why you're wrong or <laughs> however, like, <laughs> yeah, cause I, I feel like totally you kind of have that. to spin and practice that, you know, to some extent. So yeah. you, you have something to go off of, but, mm -hmm. um, or some I'm sort of like presented package. That. Yeah. I could argue. Oh, I'm <laughs> like, sure. Oh, that's my, like, my jam is like extemporaneous speaking. Like, let's go. Like, I, cause I'm, you could be like, Hey, how about, uh, <laughs> you know, like save, hire me for a sailor 360 training right and yeah, i'll come out so, there and tell you why all of your chiefs suck and why <laughs> they don't <laughs> or, you know what i mean like yeah yeah, yeah. i i uh so yes is a is the short answer like i i talked to so john rennie does that too and i talked to him about like hey how do you like get to a point where that? people are yeah people are uh, asking you to do stuff like that. Cause I'm like, now, as I'm retiring, like I would be down to do that. I like the idea more of doing some kind of like training or team building or whatever, like that kind of a thing with like a mess or like a group of first classes. But, um, if somebody wanted me to stand on a stage and talk, like I would probably do it, uh, depending on the audience. Like I don't want to do it for a bunch of randos, but like I'd probably do that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, I got to figure out how I like I'm I'll probably end up putting it on the website and he said one of the ways that he got out kind of the word it, like it sort of started by accident and then um like a buddy of his just asked him to do it and then uh he put it in his books like that he's available for speaking engagements and on his website and then it just kind of started mm -hmm. to happen and then word of mouth plus that I guess is I don't know how often he does it but so, yeah, I mean, I, I've been asked to do a bunch of stuff. Like I've had, uh, there's some CT chiefs that want me to come to Hawaii for, uh, chief for, for the khaki ball or something. Um, and then, uh, sounds rough. I've, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> and then I've been man, like, go party with a bunch of chiefs. And in for Hawaii, that, like for them, them I was, what's weird is like, if chiefs are asking me to do it, I'm just like, just buy me a plane ticket and give me somewhere to crash and I'll do it. Like, I'm not. I feel I weird need a hotel charging room. them like, yeah, I don't need a hotel. Like, cause yeah. that's how Jeff does that is like, he's just like, just get me there and give me somewhere to crash. Give me a ride to the venue and a ride to the airport. And I'm good. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't need your mess to pay me or anything. Like, so I feel right. like that's how that would go. Um, well, you understand also from obviously yeah. being in it for so long, like we're not exactly cash cows, like exactly with yeah. as much as hey. you see like burger burns and mm -hmm. donut sales and gas and glass yeah. and all this other stuff, like right. we're not exactly rolling in cash. <laughs> right. And so like, I think right now my focus is like the slow growth of, of just doing other things. Like, um, I want to get to two podcasts a week, um, and like right now I'm a little ahead. Like I'm, so I'll release this one on Wednesday, but for like then, a month. 
uh, well, I'm probably going to really, if I can't get this, the YouTube video, how I want it, I'll probably just record a spin the yard really quick. Um, but I have, uh, I'm trying to get more ahead. Right. And then I want to get to a point where I'm doing two a week, but I don't know what that's going to look like quite yet. Um, and then YouTube, I want to like get more active with that. Uh, and then get a little better at social media. Cause I know that's a thing I need to grow and whatever. And then I hate it. Um, <laughs> and then Substack, I want to get into writing a lot more. And that, that's almost like a, a sandbox for the book eventually. Like I do, I think it would be very cool. Um, and I don't even know why, man. I got all these old books behind me and lead, and I just look at like these old like Blue Jackets manuals and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I, there's something really cool about that where I'm like, I just want to write a book. I just think it'd be cool. Like I don't even yeah, know yeah. why, like if it's the best idea. But um, so I want to do that. And then... I've thought a lot about um, like some type of a curriculum that could be delivered mm -hmm. like via YouTube premium or uh, maybe I get to a point where I can like design some stuff to be digested through Blackboard or whatever. Some kind, some type of like an online curriculum. No idea mm -hmm. what it would look like or how I would deliver it. Any of those things. That's kind of like a chalkboard idea um, that I'd like to grow to. And then beyond that, dude, like, I really have no idea. Like I, I kind of big picture pie in the sky idea, like kind of saw it going maybe towards like a leadership consulting thing. Um, like Jocko and all those guys, they have a leadership consulting company right. called echelon front. And then he does all his other stuff. And it's like, I don't know if I want to run a company, but like, I mean, I kind of already am, but it's just me. Um, but like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like with employees and like a schedule and I'm like traveling. That's what lot, I was going to so. say is I, I, my, my thought for whatever it is, is I feel like you have so many different avenues that mm -hmm. you would, could, should yeah. pursue as one person, right? Mm -hmm. Who is still going to have another job Yeah, that you're not going to have, you don't have the ability to do all those things. Exactly. So that's, um, that's where and I, I think weird. that a lot of it, like, <laughs> That's where I think that rather than you <clears throat> being the the sole voice, right? Um, I'm accepting auditions. I think I told you this, well, so I told you. I think I think I've told you this before, yeah. but maybe it's in my head. But either way, um, just for transparency's sake, I think yeah. that, uh, and anybody can tell me that I'm way wrong. I think you should still do spin the yarns, mm -hmm. um, and then you can focus on your writing. I think other people should do the interview portion of it. Yeah. Um, and so that somebody can knock out a lot of these interviews that you want to get done, mm -hmm. um, with, with anybody that's, that's interested and in whatever else. Yeah. Um, I think you should have your spin the yarn side of it, but, and then, uh, there was something else. There was like another I'm, facet. Yeah. So I feel like, like I, the problem though, is that, that now ahead. you're going to have to go beyond just you and you're going to have yeah. to have, Two or that, three other people that are working okay with you, with helping that. you do it. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I, I, for a long time, um, I was trying to get people. It almost treated like an audio blog, like where, um, like because you did it the one time where you recorded an episode with your buddy, the LDO guy. Um, yep. And it's like I was trying to get, uh, like at one point, I was talking to a CT chief, and she was, um using the podcast for sailor 360 and she would like, Hey, listen to this podcast and then we'll discuss it at training. 
and what I want, I was trying to get her to uh, like have them discuss a topic as a podcast, like basically kind of like record their Sailor 360 or something or like some version of that. But I wanted like, right. I want contributors kind of like a magazine or a blog or a newspaper right, or whatever, exactly. where it's, it, it's not just me. Um, and I got, I like scratched the surface with like Andrew and, um, and Paul did a, a, one of the foundations when Andrew's in school, mm-hmm. but it's like, Andrew's busy. He like, he just, uh, finished all his officer stuff, like his schools and stuff. And so now he's on his way to go figure out how to be an officer on his first ship, the first ship he's ever been on in his whole Naval career. And he was a corpsman chief when he commissioned. So it's like, right. He did FMF things and like clinics. So he's like, he's never been on anything Hayes Gray. So it's like, I don't, I, it's like the people that are excited about doing it and, and very capable about doing it are still active duty Navy. So it's like, it's really hard. Like I was a Kool-Aid drinking true believer that just decided that this was important enough to me that I, I did it for seven years of my active duty time. But it's like, I was also single and no kids for the majority of that. And like my wife is like, I mean, we're together, but it's like, I don't have the demands on my time that you have. Yeah. And so it's like, um, I understand what I mean is like, go ahead. It it was, I was gonna say, it's just you as in, it was just when you had the time to record, Exactly, you could set this, that side aside, you could set that time aside as opposed to if I was, you know, uh, say I was trying to meet up with not you and somebody else who has a normal life. I couldn't be like, Hey, wait till my kids go to bed. Right. right. They're going to be like, Hey, this is when I'm available. (laughs) And then I have to tell my wife like, Hey, sorry, you're, I know I'm home and it's, you know, Saturday afternoon, but I got to yeah. go do this thing. And so that's, I understand the, it is a lot on other yeah. people, but I guarantee you can't be the only person that's passionate enough I, to maybe I, and I'm, you know, again, this. like I've, I'm always soliciting for like people to come on the podcast, to contribute, to be involved to whatever, because like, cause I was trying to get you to do it for a while too. And it's like, you're too damn busy. Like I get it. And it's like, cause you were like, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, or, hear me out. You could just record episodes for me and I'll publish yeah. them. And you don't, I don't need you to do it on a schedule. Just do it when you have time to do it and then send it to me. And so that's, I, I would really like to almost become like the editor in chief and sometimes exactly. contributor. Um, but I need people exactly. to be the contributors. And so far I haven't, I haven't really been able to accomplish that. So like I can think I, of at least two other people that as soon as the season is over, uh, hey, you know, send Friday, them my way. Send them my gonna, way. Whether or not it's with or without you, I wanted to to talk to them. Um, oh yeah, totally, dude. And it's like just I'm to see if you want. I like, want to see you have carte carte blanche permission to record with whoever the hell you want and send it to me. And it's like, and I'm gonna listen to a little bit of it, but I pretty much just trust you to do it. And it's like same like if Andrew sends me a foundations episode, I don't even listen to it anymore. I just post it because I know he's gonna do a good job. So it's like. I just like yeah. he because like the first one or two, like the first one was rough. The second one was way better. And then the third one, I was just like, I don't even like I listened to a little bit. I'm like, this is good. And then it's it's I'll build that rapport with whoever it is. But like I there's not a lot of people I wouldn't be willing to hear from or like. I mean, I do. If there's like an articulate, like well thought out idea coming from like an E3, I would publish it. I, I'm. I'm down for doing it with literally anybody as long as it's the type of stuff that I feel adds value for my audience. And so like, 
you know right i, I would very much like for it to become like a, a almost like a town square public forum whatever for the these types of discussions and that's what would be cool too is if it's not just like one person it's like people having discussions about something like that's why i think that the ptsf guys do so like theirs are so good is because it's two of them they're talking to each other right and sometimes they have guests but like they can just do a podcast where the two of them are talking to each other and it's it's entertaining it's good um so so yeah so then my last uh that that spawned another question that i had but and then probably last one because this is long enough um (laughs) as as many as how they go man that's my that's kind of my mo uh is so what's the uh I know when you started it, you've mentioned it several times before of who you, mm-hmm. who your kind of target audience was and what you mm-hmm. had in mind, right? Uh, yeah. Has that changed at all? Do you still have the same target audience? And then uh, how does that compare with what you see as your, like the feedback that you get from listeners? Yeah. Is that, is that who is actually listening or are, is I there would, like a yeah. difference? I would say... My target audience has evolved. Um, initially, I had narrowed it. I, like my and and it evolved with me too. To be fair, like I was a chief proper at the time. I mean, I had been a chief for like four years, five years, maybe probably four years. Um, and so like I didn't think of myself as somebody that could tell a senior chief Some how to do a better expert. job of being a senior chief. Yeah, like I was aiming strictly at e6 and below and then over time i like as the popularity grew i got a lot of chiefs that were getting in contact with me saying that you know like they really enjoyed it and oh my god i thought i was the only one that thought this way and all this other stuff so then i I, what i started to realize was i had a lot more a lot more chiefs listening than i thought i ever would or did or whatever but I do have a lot of junior sailors listening too. Um, I would say these dogs, man. <laughs> Good thing I got a mute button. Um, right. The uh, I, I would say it's probably like I get a lot of chiefs that are interactive, but I think there's still a lot of juniors listening. Um, but I think the audience, my target audience kind of evolved with me because like, I'm a master chief now or retired master chief. So it's like, I, I don't feel weird mentoring a, a, a brand new master chief. I don't feel weird mentoring any senior chief. You know what I mean? Like, but right. before I didn't feel like I had the credentials or was qualified to right, right, talk right. to that person that way. Um, Cause like when I did, I remember when I did the teaching of the creed stuff, um, I was a senior chief, but to do I, th- I whatever episode I did with Paul, um, I think it was credibility. No, it wasn't credibility of a chief. It was something, but it was like, maybe it was, I don't remember, but it was an episode where I, I think it was credibility of a chief. And I was like, um, I wanted to bring Paul on because I wanted like somebody that was an authority in the chief's mess to be the one talking about the thing. And he told me, he's like, you're an authority in the, in the chiefs. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, because I was right, a, right. just a senior chief, never been a CMC, um, blah, blah, right. blah. I'm like, I want somebody that, like, there, no one can question. Like, he was a fleet master right. chief. He was a heartbeat away from right. being the McPon. Like, this is the dude. <laughs> like, um, And so, but now it's like, I, I feel very comfortable having those conversations. So 
Um, and there's still like a tiny bit of that like imposter syndrome thing in the back of my head because I did I was never a cop I was never CMC so there's dudes out there that would scoff at me uh, like dispensing this type of, of you just doesn't know any better yeah like advice or whatever because I never wore a cookie and it's like yeah okay whatever dude like I'm not then you're not in the audience continue like beating your head against the wall and um, being out of touch and clueless um, but. Yeah, man, I like I would say it evolved with me. Um, it didn't even it didn't change because of who I was getting feedback from. I was really shocked at how many chiefs were listening. Um, it didn't really make sense to me until I kind of understood that those are the people that are looking for it. Like it's really a band from like senior E5s, but less of those more E6s up through like mm-hmm. senior chiefs. Um, and there's mm-hmm. some like really junior and some really senior listening but it's like the the center like center mass is definitely like senior e5s junior e6s up to like senior chiefs probably and some j there's a lot of jos to listen to um interesting so yeah man i like it i i was surprised by it but it also kind of makes sense and as i as i progressed it still kind of conforms to my initial target of junior sailors it's just that definition changed with my own age and experience and, right, rank right. and all that. So, um, but yeah, I think I've just grown with it, I guess, but I'm still, and it, and at this point I kind of feel like because I'm a, I, I made master chief and then retired. It's like, like I talked to the, um, everybody's going to be so excited to hear if they've actually stayed around for this long, the CEO, the Mirtha I finally recorded with. And it's like talking to him. It's like, I'm talking to a peer, even though I know like I'm not, he commanded three ships. I'm not that right. Guy. Right. I know that, but he talked to me that way too. Like he, it's like that CO to CMC or CO to master chief type conversation. It's like, I've had a lot of those conversations. And so now I feel like, I don't know, like I can have those conversations. So it's like, right. I kind of don't have a, any limiters on who the audience is now, even though like, I guess I'm just directing it at whoever needs it now, you know, like there's not anything that I'm unwilling to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. There was stuff I probably would have stayed away from before because I either didn't feel qualified or credentialed enough or whatever before. Um, and there's also some topics I stayed away from cause I was still on active duty and I just didn't want any kind of attention from like somebody in DC or somebody calling my CMC right. or something, but, um, that I would, now I can talk Has, about without that thought. I know that that's, that's been a fear of yours this whole time. It has. Right? Yeah. It's never <laughs> Has been an that issue. ever happened? No, not, never once dude. Like I've had <laughs> okay. people, I've got the, the closest thing, which isn't even the same is I've had people that know me recognize my voice and shoot me a text or something to that effect. Or like I'm out on an SMI and a chief that used to be a first class on my last boat walks up to me. He's like, Hey man, I really love the podcast. I'm like, shut up. Like that's not, that's not the time (laughs) of the place. Um, but outside of that, yeah, no, never, man. Like I, I definitely, and what's weird is I've heard horror stories, which to be fair, some of those were people that were like coloring way outside the lines with some of the, it was like stuff that would be embarrassing to the Navy, the type of stuff they were talking about. And then, but right. I've heard of other people like um, that have done things where it's like their face and name is on it and maybe it's on YouTube or whatever, where um, what they were putting out was, I mean, 
maybe it was like they were doing it as a look at me thing, but also it was, it was like productive. I mean, it was like they were talking about leadership stuff and trying to share knowledge and stuff. It wasn't anything that was like unbecoming or unprofessional or whatever. And they got told to knock it off. And so I was like, I was always worried that because I am critical of a lot of things, I openly criticize the chief's mess. I openly criticize like Navy, Naval leadership and a lot of other yeah. programs and everything else. But I don't know. I don't know. And it what it's even more weird is I know all those people are listening. Like I know Paul Kingsbury has told me half a dozen times, Hey, I sent your last episode to all the active fleet master chiefs in the McPon. I'm like, thanks, Paul. Thanks. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I know you think you're helping, but like, I'm trying to not be on their radar that much. Um, and then I had, uh, I had a, he was a fleet master chief. He's no longer, I'm not going to say his name just because I don't want to. I think I've told you who it is though. Um, he, like his aide reached out to come onto the podcast, which, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like, at the time I was still active duty. So, and I said, I was like, like, I'll do it, but it's not going to be the type of conversation he's used to. I'm going to ask him. Something. I just remember that. of like, who's this bum? <laughs> <laughs> if it's the same guy. Um, not really like that but uh, it was very well, much no like, i mean i was yeah, yeah. who is this guy we'll like why does he care offline <laughs> well that's yeah. kind of what it was it was like it, it was almost like it felt like a pr tour or something like i'm like right. why why does he want to come on my podcast like what does he want what does he want to talk about because i can tell you what i want to talk about and it's all the questions all the e3 and e4s are afraid to ask at all hands call <laughs> i'm gonna ask those questions and I expect him to have like a, a a conversation about it, not just talk to me or talk at me with all this like, you know, verbal rhetoric, judo or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, I, cause yeah. I'm going to challenge him. And it's like, and I don't want to be a dick about it. I don't want to make him uncomfortable. I don't want to get him in hot water with who I Mick right. Potter, you know, or like, I understand the limitations on that level of thing just enough to know that like, look, man, I know you've got guardrails and, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah third rails you can't touch and talk about or whatever which well, i think is you stupid can see how one misspoken thing or yeah. one misinterpreted right. thing right. turns into a never-ending meme yep. of lowering yep. standards exactly so exactly. you can understand well why yeah, i mean that hadn't level. happened yet but you're not wrong like it clearly no but like, you can understand how i would be that yeah. if i was anywhere near that level i would take that as a lesson of like you Oh I yeah, says, like, I don't words expect have meaning and and all that. Any but I would, of those I'd dudes? Be so hesitant. I don't expect any of those dudes to ever want to come on my podcast because I post my episodes on Reddit. Where do you think all that vitriol started at? <laughs> like all those memes <laughs> came from Reddit. So I'm just like, yeah. like I, I mean, I still think that they should have those conversations and and do all the things. But like, I like I don't think they I should get be why afraid of it. But I get why they don't. I, it's self preservation. Yeah, like I get. There's, it, but I don't know how much. There's I don't risk know how much they involved. would gain from that, though. I think know, they'd because, gain a lot if they were willing to have real conversations, but they're not. Uh, yeah, but but to your point that you kind of already said, I don't know how much they can. Right. Say I don't know what they're allowed to some do. Some of it. Yeah. Um, whether whether they're allowed to or not, or like yeah. the problem is that one of the things that I've figured out um, being in, you know, I'm at 16 years or a couple months shy. Yeah. Um, but when you say, when you do things, right, there's like that big piece of um, you don't have the time or the ability really to explain to everybody as to how or why, what you right. mean or what you're saying or what yeah. you're doing, 
because there's just so many factors in play. It's not that you can't because it's a secret. Right. It's like, I, I don't have a day and a half to explain to you why we had to change the watch bill. Right. You know, like none of this is a secret, but it's just like we had to change it. Just it's I'm sorry. It sucks or whatever. Right. Right. And there's, you know, bits and pieces that you explain and they're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would this person do that? And then you got to go into that. And then like, I mean, it's, it's just, it takes so much to explain. Yeah. But, and that's depends. just at my level is what I mean. I'm not saying yeah. that people don't deserve it, but what I mean is that right. at my level, it's hard that, that much yeah. to explain. So imagine it's someone like if you were to get the current MCPON on and you ask him something mm-hmm. crazy, like, why are we changing uniforms again or something? Right. But why There's are we be, changing? And you can direct <laughs> me to the guy that can answer the question. I like, it doesn't, cause that's my thing is like, that type of no, a question. No, but that doesn't help, maybe right? Maybe like, not a MCPON the- question. Like, but, you know what I mean? Like, because that was kind of some of his, um, I think some of his uh, frustration with how that all hands call went was like, most of the stuff he was getting asked about aren't MCPON questions. Those are your no. CMC and your next echelon up CMC questions and COs and admirals, whatever. Um. But, but like, then how not, do you explain that without trying to say that they suck? I'll look in into it. Way, right? I don't know. Like that sounds terrible. Well, I'll know, look but, into but it. But you know what I mean? I'm like, going to have to go talk to some CMCs. If you're bringing somebody on, if you're bringing somebody on for a podcast like yeah. this or for an interview or something, you know that those questions are going to come. And then yeah. even saying things like, I don't know, I'll look into it. It's going to get interpreted as this guy's clueless or I mean, uh, I got to go could. talk to some CMCs going to get interpreted as that cmc must be all screwed up and then it could i mean and maybe they are screwed up all of that like i'm just saying like the way that i get it yeah i get it i just uh, like i think there's a way to do it where because like i mean i when i talk to people and they ask me hard questions like i went on um test step podcast and he asked me like how i felt about the withdrawal from afghanistan like I like I have like feelings about it, but it's like I'm not some kind Informed of expert enough. that can like, yeah, like that can talk about <laughs> it in an intelligent way. But I talk, I, I answered him and I answered him in the best way that I could. But like, it's how I get when I when people ask me for a, de- a definitive answer on certain things. And I'm like, well, it depends or it's complicated or it depends right. on the context. Like there's ways to like caveat things or like put put like a a, some type of context around it like when i answer your question i it's not um lower your standards which isn't even what he said it's like it got interpreted that way because of all of the stuff that he said around that and Mm -hmm. and it's like if he had just like more deftly navigated that it would have been fine it was just my CMC at the time, uh, he's still a CMC there, but he's, I, you know, I'm retired now. Um, he explained it to me if I talked to him like three days after that happened and he explained to me as, uh, I don't think he meant it the way that it was taken, but the way the, like, basically like the way that he did say it was tone deaf and like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, like it was clearly not well thought out and, and like well executed. So, you know, it happens, but I think he no, could have done were, a way better job. Like, I just mean that if I were like, say the current McPon, mm-hmm. that, that instance, if anything is a huge red flag of why you shouldn't go do any of those interviews because something could come out I the wrong way unintentionally. Passionately and, disagree. 
I think if and you're going to be see, that guy, you should be equipped to have those conversations. You should be. So and don't I'm put not, your foot in I'm, your mouth. You, you should be equipped for those things. But what yeah. I mean is that you open yourself up to unnecessary. It's different at an all hands call. That's kind of part of the job, right? Doing yeah. an interview on D guts podcast. No offense. is not part of the job. So <laughs> that's not where I would go open myself uh, yeah, up. Sure. I, I don't disagree and, with and, that as a concept. I, I, I do think that it's the, it's like his only job um, to, basically advocate for and communicate to enlisted people like that's kind of like the whole point you're the figurehead dude you're the king dirty enlisted man so like go advocate for which i know that they're largely doing i think um and they communicate the head hatchet slinger because like i don't think i like does he need to come on my podcast absolutely not should he have a podcast or a youtube thing or both that isn't cringy and completely useless that would communicate to sailors exactly what's going on is it like hey tomorrow i'm gonna go talk to the uh whatever they do testify in front of senate or whatever and i'm gonna advocate for the following things because one of the things that seemed like um russ was kind of frustrated by was like the he has like spent a bunch of time um advocating for like it's like a bunch of childcare centers or something like something that's really important to a lot of enlisted sailors but we have no idea what the dude is doing like how how, i don't know that you're doing that why don't you tell me like and i it doesn't have to be a debate between a guy like me and the mcpon it could just be an mc2 asking canned pre-screened questions but them giving like an actual useful like well thought out answer with some meat on the bone that like oh now i feel like i actually know what's going on you know what i mean and that's i think that is very very within their capability and responsibility yeah i I just wonder if that at some point that i don't know i'm trying to look at it from the other view of like how that could be looked at negatively and the biggest thing that i could think of immediately is how self-serving it would sound of like, look at all this important stuff that I'm doing. And I like, mean, you should you could, appreciate, but me you more. could do it in a way. Cause that's how I came into this was like, I had that fear of like coming across that way. And so I did all, I, and I probably did a lot more than I needed to, but I did all the things that I could think of to, um, like mitigate that. But then you got guys like when Grant Khan first started posting his videos on Reddit about mental health awareness and suicide prevention and mm-hmm. all that stuff, he was doing it in his freaking dress blues. So it's like you can do it clearly and like you can do it in a way that communicates you care that like that dude is a minor celebrity, dude. Like he can't walk across a Navy base without getting flagged down and like thanked for helping save my life. Like so he he put a bunch of time and effort into doing a thing that even I when I first saw his video and I told him this when we talked like when I first saw the video on Reddit, I was like, oh, look at this. Look at me project, you know, and then I listened to it and I was like oh, this guy's awesome and I need to talk to him. So I'm like, it it very much could be accomplished. Like if Grant can go on to Reddit, uh, which is like a shark tank, post those videos and become like a cult hero on Reddit by doing it as a chief, like, come on, dude. Like it's not as hard as people make it out to be to authentically communicate something and and do it through the, like, the, the filter of making sure they know that like you actually care about them and and providing them value like it's 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 not that difficult because grant 
didn't just do it. Like he did it better than anyone's ever done it. So it's like, and I don't, that's not why he was doing it, which is kind of why it worked, right? Like he went there to legitimately help people and that's it. And he put himself out there to do it. And that's what I didn't get at first. Like I didn't think that was the move because I was leaning more into like the stereotype of these cynical, salty sailors that hate chiefs of which those are more my target audience, but they're his too. Kind of like the ones that are jaded and angry are the ones that are going to go down a dark path. And Grant was reaching out to them wearing his freaking dress blues in a video, like clean shaven, good looking dude in his dress blues talking to you about. And it's like, it would be really easy to make, to make that type of a comment or, or take that swipe. And I'm sure people did, but vast majority are like throwing rose petals at that dude's feet and like rightly so. Oh yeah. So I don't think it's that tall of an ask for these guys to, they just, it, it, like in your mind, it's a tall ask because you're kind of assuming that these these guys aren't that concerned with the same thing. Like they, they're not that concerned about adding value to your everyday life. Like the cynic in all of us, based on our experiences in the military, it's like we all think that to an extent that those people in those leadership positions like don't really have our best interests at heart. And it's like, I I mean, to a, to an extent, I think that's like still that like a lot of people in leadership positions either like didn't care about me more of like in a Thanos, I don't even know your name type of way versus like less, less of like a, I hate this guy and I'm going to make his life hurt on purpose kind of way. Um, but I've had people that I think like behind closed doors, like genuinely disliked me and went out of their way to make my life hurt that were in those positions. So it's like, those are things that I still believe are real. And I think a lot of people attach that type of um, baggage to the people in those positions. Cause it's like, everybody just assumes you have to wade through some like morally questionable pathways to get to those positions in the first place. So right. I don't know, man, I it's, I think they could do it whether or not they're willing or, or genuinely like uh, capable based on their character and, and, what their goals are like i don't know i think some people want to get to the mountaintop just so they can you know spend three years jet setting around the navy with a crown on um i, I don't know i don't if know that's that, everybody but i don't, I don't know. know like i said i just look at the risk versus reward from that position and i think that that's the reason there is no mcpon or cno podcast regular vlog regularly scheduled thing because a, it would require, it would have to be run within the Navy. You yeah. couldn't have an external entity do it. Sure. Because then you lose you control over the message. And I do mm-hmm. think that would be an awesome project for somebody who works yeah. in whatever capacity. I don't even know. I don't, I know. Hire me as a GS remotely. MC, I got right? you, fam. I got you. I, <laughs> I don't know enough about like the Navy, uh, MC world of like yeah. what the echelon or what command they, would be they in have the doing something like that. They have but the capability and expertise to do a really good yeah. job. There's sure. there are people that are, that are out there that if they if that's a thing that could be pitched to the right people mm. of like you know uh, say fleets and above and every yeah. week is a different person and yeah. it takes half an hour of their time. It doesn't have to be this crazy long drawn out mm. d guts nonsense Three hours but, rambling. <laughs> Um, yeah. all right. So then last question that I'm, I'm yeah. going to go to bed for the first time in like a reasonable ish hour. <laughs> I like it. Um, uh, hit, hit me with a quote. Like what's a, uh, uh, 
one that you like inspires you, uh, you think is hilarious, something, I don't know, something that gets you by, right? Like if you, if you were the, the quote at the bottom of your email signature line, I'm not that guy at all. Um, I know you're not, but if you were that kind of guy, right? Like what would that quote be? Yeah. I mean, the one I go back to probably the most is, um, there's a, and, and I'm going to paraphrase it. Um, I'll get, I think I'll get pretty close. It basically says in Extreme Ownership, uh, the Jocko Willink book and uh, Leif Bevan, it's like, which it was like a that book more than he's written a million books, but that book more than anything else is like it's the best one and it's it's a really really great uh, resource. But there's a quote in there that I use a lot, like when I was like writing papers for school and stuff, because um, the degree was leadership, so it was like. Uh, it basically says leadership is the solution to everything. And like the way that it's phrased is um, the greatest single, um, I think it says like reason or variable or something like the greatest single reason uh, for a team's success or failure is leadership. And they told like the C story basically of being in buds where they had a boat team, like boat teams where they're like paddling over the surf or whatever. And uh, yeah, they had one where like they had one with all the big jock dudes um and they had one of like all the tiny guys and the tiny guys had a good leader and the big like strong gorillas had a bad leader and so they were uh or it might have been the other way around i think at first the small guys had a bad leader and so they're like uh oh well they're they're failing because they're small guys and they just can't keep right. up physically or whatever so the I I don't remember if it was Jocko or someone else like he, he might have been in buds when this happened, but uh the one of the buds instructors like pulled like swapped the leaders and then all like because mm-hmm. the the big guys were just crushing everybody and when he moved the good leader over to the little guy's boat the little guys started murdering everybody and so I'm just like like it's a it's a thing that I say a lot and I I really passionately feel is true is that like. Every, every single thing that I've discussed on this podcast, to me, in my analysis, whether it's something I'm an expert on or something I have very little expertise on, I almost always come back to, and I, I can't, I honestly can't think of an example where I, I wouldn't at least partially come back to the answer of lead, like, I can solve this with leadership. And it's, it's not the only thing, but it's like, when you, when you look at a lot of the things that happen negatively it's like tracing it all the way back honestly to a root cause it, there's a failure in leadership at the very beginning of whatever that problem was whether it's a needs of a junior sailor not being met and not being able to function as a result right like and, and that was where i got a lot of my pushback as a leader of of i don't want to just send them a mask and punch them in the face and move on with life like hey we fixed it because we did the discipline thing it's like i want to know what went wrong all, like how did we get here at all and like tr- pull that string all the way back to the beginning find out what the root cause was and fix the root cause so that we don't end up back here again um and so like that's that is what that quote like means to me is is I, th- this it's just, the leadership is a solution to everything in that like it's always leadership's fault it's always our like we're always the ones that are accountable no matter what happens whether or not that accountability is all mine or just a small amount of its mine, because this guy just made a decision to do something right. ridiculously stupid, but still 
Like I still, and this might be malicious compliance on my part, but even though, even could, when it's like, you could argue the extreme. I can always argue my way into some type of culpability as that person's leader. And I always do. It might be 5% instead of 95%, depending right. on the, the scenario. But no matter what, I can trace that back to, I could have done a better job. Um, and that's, I mean, that's I would kind s- of like the basis for my whole point of view like the way that I approach leadership in every way. Right. It's just that it's like, it's the I mean, solution to pretty much everything. F- fairly objectively. I think that um, the Navy agrees with you because mm-hmm. when something bad happens on a boat, right? Uh, it's not like they don't come in and, and fire entire crews mm-hmm. from E6 and below, right? Right. You pick a couple out of, Really, it's the triad, and yeah. I would say that a lot of that has to do with practicality. Right. Uh, it's harder to replace a hundred some odd people, <laughs> but regardless, like it, they don't come down there. Like when we, uh, like on my bo- first boat, um, my CO got relieved. Uh, we had a close CPA with another ship. Yeah, uh, big issue um, on submarine. We basically got too close to somebody else that we shouldn't yeah. have, and. Um, it is super reductive way of explaining the whole scenario. However, as most comp- most scenarios that are going to get a CO fired are going to be pretty complicated beyond yeah. something like that simple. But when that happened, right? Like the CO wasn't driving the boat, yeah. you know, like yeah. he's not yeah. the guy on the con. He wasn't the dude making these decisions. Right. He wasn't the one who prepped the charts. Right. Sure. He signed off on it. He didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. none I'm of that stuff you. was yeah. directly him. Right. Mm-hmm. He could have been on the toilet and he would have been fired. Mm-hmm at that point he probably would have been fired for being on the toilet instead. (laughs) There's all, you know what I mean? There's, there's always going to come back to like, I realize you didn't pull the trigger, but this is still your fault. Right. And that's going to, that always happens because even the Navy looks at it going, Hey, somewhere you allowed this to happen as a leader or whatever. But it's like a super, it's a super, um, it's a superficial way of approaching it. Cause like, it's it's it an inch wide. It's a it's a uh, or an uh, inch deep and a mile wide. Like it's the kind of thing where it's like they're firing the leadership largely just to make the appearance of accountability less actually drill down and find. Because if if it were the case that 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 they wholeheartedly agreed with me and were actively like trying to fix what was really wrong, you wouldn't have mm-hmm. a. a rash of co xo and cmc firings on the cover of the navy times every single year right there would be some type of improvement where we're not doing the same thing over and over again so it's like i don't think that well i i think i don't also i think they superficially agree with me but i think the way in which they actually accomplish accountability doesn't solve anything well that's the hard part though right is that you have a constant batch in the navy of people uh turning over new people, mm-hmm. right? Five years from now, yeah. the whole entire Navy is new CMCs, new triads. Five yeah. years from now, whole new set of triads that exist. And yeah, none of them uh, have been properly educated or developed. So like, right. And the, our system hasn't changed in that, right. that result, in that aspect, uh, not massively at least. And yeah. then, you know, but so obviously there's, there's going to be a lot of repeat customer or not repeat customers, but like repeat issues because, mm-hmm. You know, we say the same thing, like, I, I swear last year, we just talked to all these students about this, but like at an A school, yeah, we have 
1200 students, yeah. but it, next year it's a brand new 1200, you know? Right. And when you look more granularly, depending on the rate, some mm. of them were only there for like three months. And then it's a brand mm. new whole, that whole department, that whole division uh, of that whole department of uh, students is different three yeah. months from now. And they, you know, those instructors are like, I swear I'm telling everybody to clean their room every <laughs> day are. and they don't get you any are. better with it. And it's yeah. like, you are because <laughs> every day it's transient. New people. The whole population is transient. Yeah. Right. And so, but it's the same thing, just slightly wider view right. right across the Navy is how many people, like, I have no idea what the numbers are like, but how many people are qualifying or taking command for the yeah. first time is the CMC every year. Right. Right. There's probably 10 times more than what you see on the cover. And so it's like, oh man, this guy got fired for sleeping with a junior sailor again, mm -hmm. you know? And it's yeah. like, yeah. And it's like, why didn't they learn that? And it's like, I'm sure they heard about that. Yeah. But like they it's, haven't lived that yeah. lesson and they're there will the always next idiot, be next batch. The, yeah. There will always be some and there will like, it, it, you're never going to get to, to a perfect record was, kind of thing. But the, the I, Navy yeah. is, well, that and the Navy is built on perm on like constant and permanent upward progression yeah. or getting out. Right. right. Nobody's right. meant to like, oh, you made chief. Cool. You can go be the sonar chief forever. Yeah. And then yeah. if so, you would never hear of sonar chiefs doing anything bad because the second you get good at it, they're like, mm -hmm. hey, you're now the department chief. Hey, here's a cop card. Hey, here's this. Yeah. Hey, go work yeah. on this. Hey, now you're a CMC. And they're like, I just, can I just go back to being a, can I just see my chief? job? Like, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, so when we talked earlier, like I spent my entire second chiefs tour as a department chief that i like, didn't do my job. I did everything, right. but, and it was ridiculous. And it's like, what are we doing? You know? And it's and, like, but I mean, that's just the way the yeah. Navy operates. The way the Navy's built is that constant progression and pushing people to their potential. But mm -hmm. So when you do that and the way that that rat race is built, you're going to have people that, uh, you know, progress through something that they should have learned at an earlier stage in life. Yeah. Which, uh, not to go down a whole new topic path, but that's like the constant argument of like, Hey, are the, you know, the, should there be year minimums basically for people to make chief every chief season yeah. it comes out somebody's like i heard well, there's a chief but also in seven yeah. years is yeah. that is that really experienced enough to be a chief yeah. at this point like but also, i didn't make it till i was 18 years i think in. they should get rid of a lot of the higher tenure and up and out type stuff where it's like like there's got to be a line somewhere i suppose but like why like why do i care if i have like a 35 year old seaman that's been doing it for 10 years if they're really good at it like and that if they're yeah. really good at it part's important because like what i think you'd find yeah. is is instead of would save so much money <laughs> instead of forcing people into positions of leadership you're gonna find that maybe it takes them longer but like you get somebody at like 25 years that's okay i'll be a cop now you know what i mean like i'm right. interested in leader i'm mature enough i feel like i have enough experience i've seen it done well so many times blah 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 i don't i think you'd get less of like i i knew a guy that i worked with that he was going to his uh third boat as a cob so like he barely did a boot chief tour came to right. shore duty as a senior chief qualified cob went back to see as a cop and i'm like i this guy sucks like i'm sorry he's not a bad guy but he's not he just right. doesn't know like, anything he's he's yeah his heart's in the right place he's a good person he's a good dude that and he's yeah. really revved up to do it well so i'd like to think that with that intent 
he'll find the right path eventually. But I can tell you, like I bumped heads with this guy a bunch of times because he would just say and do things with sailors. that didn't make any sense. And when I would come chin check him, cause I was senior to him, uh, he would like argue with me. And then it, once he realized that I wasn't going to back down and I was like, I still believed I was right and he was wrong. He would do this weird roundabout thing where he would like in like a 30 second to, to a minute time frame would start saying what I was saying. And they'd be like, yeah, no, I mean, that's what I've been saying. I think we're saying the same thing. I think we're saying the same thing. And I'm like, you two seconds ago, you were not saying the same thing, which is why I'm yelling at you. But like, it was, it was the type of dude that I'm just like, you you don't have enough experience being a chief and being in the type of leadership positions that set you up for that type of a job where you can do it well and where you don't end up because there's, again, there's always going to be character, character flawed people that end up in the position somehow that are going to be the acute, ridiculous misbehavior type uh, things that end up on the cover of the Navy times. But the ones that a lot of the times, cause I was talking to John Cordell about this. He's got a good article about it, um, about, I forget the exact, it's like something about treating these like fired COs as if they're like disposable or something like that. I can't remember the title of the article, but if you just search him on us and I, you'll find all his articles and he's got this one about fired COs and it's not the ones that do that stuff on the cover of the Navy times. Mm-hmm. It's like the lost confidence in their ability to command ones based right. on like near misses or like close CPAs right. or whatever, where he was basically saying um, that they're removing these people from command and they're basically pariahs that are told that they have to like go away and retire instead of allowing Cause you didn't to, ace it first yeah, time up. Like you didn't ace the test first time up. So you go away, you piece of crap. And so like his whole article was about like these people have like been in the Navy for a really long time. They have a lot of valuable skills. There's a lot of good they could do in the Navy. Maybe it's not in the command pipeline anymore, or maybe depending on the circumstance, they get like a second shot. Um, Cause that's, that was the story of my favorite cop ever was he was a cop three times. The first time, he had a hard time and and he didn't get fired, but he kind of got told, go sit at this desk at sub school for a little while. Right. And uh, then he got another shot at it after he spent time being in, like, I think, a DMC or something. Um, yeah. And he got another shot at it and did really well. And then he was just get picked up for CMC. And then he came to the to the Carter as my cob and he's he's amazing. So it's like, how many of those have we flushed? You know what I mean? And I'm talking like, right. this dude is the break glass in case of emergency CMC. Like, he's amazing. He's like, if I if I got to pick the crew of a submarine I was going to see on, that dude would be the cob, not me. Like, right. I'd be like, go get him out of retirement and drag him down to my submarine. Um, so it's like, yeah, I, I ha, we could have not had that if we had a, a zero defect policy in that case right. but like with ceos they kind of treat it that way um and so he he has a great article on that and we're going to do a podcast talking about that and some other stuff eventually but yeah i mean i i don't know man i think i think that's the problem is that it's like a zero defect policy where they just flush these really talented really intelligent people for one misstep that like did anything really go horribly wrong there like because he was saying because cordal was a captain and he commanded two ships i think 
And he was saying he's got buddies mm-hmm. that got fired for and like nothing really happened. It was like a near miss that they just decided like, OK, before you actually crash the ship, we're going to fire you or like mm-hmm. like no gear exploded. No people actually got hurt. And then John told a story on the sleep one about how based on him not sleeping, um, some people got hurt like because he mm-hmm. wasn't paying attention to all the things that were happening during an evolution and so like and that was his fault and he said that he's like this was legitimate it wasn't like a you're the ceo so it's your fault like he's like no this was like legitimately my fault because i ordered a backing bell when i shouldn't have and it's because i wasn't alert and aware of all the things that were going right. on um so yeah i don't know but yeah that we're gonna go down a whole nother rabbit hole so yeah <laughs> i don't want to take take away any more of your sleep dude yeah I need about eight <laughs> times more of that than I get. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I We clearly had fun. Uh, it was cool to do it uh, with the video. It's fun, been fun just learning how to edit and like going down the rabbit hole of um, like publishing them on YouTube. And there's like all kinds of idiosyncrasies. Like I already went kind of down a rabbit hole learning uh, when I was posting just the waveform ones, you um, know, in, in a way. And then just the actually editing video is a whole nother adventure. So um, I hope you appreciate the amount of work that goes into me doing this all uh, largely by myself. Thanks to Bob for uh, for making time. It's a busy week for Chiefs right now uh, with the Chiefs season coming to an end. Um, but I really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. Um, happy to talk about any of this stuff to you. Like uh, I know I've you know, I don't know how interested anyone actually is anyway, but like, uh, I kept a lot of it close to the vest because I was on active duty and I just kind of wanted to protect that privacy part, um, and not make it about me or not make it, um, I don't know, like open it up to shots about it being a look at me project or me doing it for an eval bullet or whatever. Um, and now it doesn't matter because I literally just got my retired ID today. (laughs) So it's like, it's official, official. Um, but yeah, so that, that was fun. More to come. I have a couple other video ones done. I just have to edit them. And that's again, like a whole new, uh, heavy lift I got to get through, but I'm hoping to improve the quality of these as I go. If you got any suggestions, comments, concerns, questions, whatever, as always hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You could Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. You can DM us on Instagram, Reddit, or discord at DGUS podcast. Uh, also, if you want to support us, you can go to dspodcast.com. There's a donate button on the website. We launched the Patreon, which I'm really pumped about. Thank you for those of you that have already signed up. Um, Patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Um, shout out to William McIver, by the way. I should have done that at the beginning, but he was the very first uh, guy to sign up. And at the $100 a month tier, God bless you, sir. Um, help us pay all these bills and, and kind of turn this thing into a business model so that I can continue expanding and doing all the things. This all costs money. <laughs> so we appreciate that. And then if you want to support us in any other ways, you can always subscribe, like, follow, share on all the platforms for all the things, especially if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, and then also, uh, don't go to the ship apparel, go to dgutsapparel.com slash shop, get yourself some Naval pride and heritage gear. You'll actually wear in public. Uh, and as always, like, thank you for all the support. Uh, getting to this point has been an adventure. I uh, can't believe I'm still doing this, but I'm excited for what's to come. Uh, and that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs> <laughs>